What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another Mount Rushmore edition of the Smart Out Moment Smack Talk Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango, and joining me, as always, are Robert E. Felice. Knock, knock. Who's there? Braden Walker. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, also, Callum Wiggins. <laughs> hey, Tony, you're a gimmick. I am a gimmick, and I'm not one of the worst ones. I'm okay. I'm not one of the best either. I'll give myself a little bit of credit. But we are talking today about the worst wrestling gimmicks of all time. This is sponsored by a Patreon Pick Your Poison sponsorship. This was from Frankie D, so thank you to Frankie for sponsoring this. And, uh, of course, you know, we did many of different Mount Rushmore's in the past. So if you are brand new to this and you don't know how it works, it's pretty simple. I mean, we're trying to debate on the four that we consider to be like the most iconic or the ones that symbolize this the most, or, you know, sometimes we go into like, well, I shouldn't say sometimes almost every time we end up getting like subdivisions of like a B tier where we get like, okay, the worst, uh, yeah, we did like the best, um, from different eras. We've done things like the most recent one that we did was the Mount Rushmore of the, uh, wrestlers in Hollywood. So we did like the actors and then we did movies featuring the wrestlers and all. We usually play around with this quite a bit, but in general we debate about it and we go and settle on how, um, you know, two to one vote, or at least all three of us are unanimous about who would be the four that would symbolize this the most. And of course, with this one being the worst wrestling gimmicks, we're going to talk about some of the worst performers that have ever been in WWE and elsewhere. Uh, we might have like a WWE specific one. We might go with all general. We usually tend to focus more on WWE just because that's kind of the main thing. And not only is it the main focus of this channel, but it's the one that I can talk about the most because I can't really get into like the worst TNA gimmicks and all. But maybe we'll harp on some of those things, too. So again, thank you to Frankie for sponsoring this. And if you don't know what that's all about with the whole pick your poison tier and all, basically, if you are on Patreon or on the YouTube channel membership, then you've got access to a bunch of different tiers. Even the dollar a month can go a long way in helping us out, especially to pay for stupid things like how if this, then that is now charging more money for less to give you and all, because that's how companies go. That explains go. the message I got. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so screw Redbubble, screw Public, all these things that are really trying to just pinch these pennies even more so. I hate it. I hate it with a passion. But that is all the more reason why if you do have the spare change to help out, then if you are clicking on the thanks button on here or you are on the dark cast tier or the pick your poison, where in particular the pick your poison is the one where you get to sponsor something directly. So that's why Frankie was like, this is what I want you guys to do. And that's why we're doing it. Uh, of course, if you want to help out on the non-monetary side of things, then the best thing for you to do are to hit the like button, to hit the share button, pass this around, post this on like subreddits and all. You would be surprised how one post on a subreddit can actually make a big difference. So, you know, I uh, am shadow banned on some of those things because I had done that in the past. But if you have some some Reddit juice behind your name and all, then consider posting something on there and giving us a little shout out or whatever. I know that Peter in particular, every time he sees somebody on uh, Twitter, that's like, hey, uh, what are your favorite podcasts and stuff? He's always shouting us out. So thank you, uh, Peter, for that. But yeah, I mean, uh, outside of this marketplace stuff, we'll get into other plugs down the line. Let's start getting into the Mount Rushmore discussion that we got going on here and talk about some of these awful gimmicks. And we've done things in the past that are similar to this. Like we did a 
mock draft of the worst possible roster that we can think of where we got a lot of people on there. It was like, how many names did, uh, did Callum set up on here? 216 options that includes tag teams and stuff. But even though we did that in the past, some of that doesn't necessarily apply here because some people had a decent gimmick, but they were just a bad wrestler. And when Callum was making that list in the past, he had bad wrestling and bad gimmicks in mind. So there are people on that list that I don't think we would ever bother bringing up here. Like, I don't know, say, I, for some reason, this is the first one that caught my attention. Deborah. That's not, she didn't have a bad gimmick. She just wasn't a good wrestler. And then, she wasn't a wrestler at all. She's right. So it's like, and had puppies. Yeah, like her gimmick was she's got a big rack. <laughs> and I mean, for that era, that was perfectly fine. And then you get people that are on this list for having a bad gimmick. That we're going to start getting into like i mean we can start getting into it all that but uh if you are thinking of worst wrestling gimmicks is there one name that immediately stands out to you uh, i mean shock master probably be the first yeah. one the one name that stands out to me is Dr. Isaac Yankum DDS. <laughs> the first thing I think of, and we'll talk about all three of these too. We're not just going to completely bypass them. But the very first thing that I think of a lot is Tugboat. Now, wow, Fred Ottman got two nods yeah. on this already. What are we, two minutes into this? <laughs> right. <laughs> so let's backtrack and talk about uh Callum's and then Rob's and then mine. Shockmaster is notoriously horrendous. <laughs> it, it, I mean, the thing that sets it apart, I think, is just how could anyone think it was a good idea to start with? Like, at least with some gimmicks that turn out to be really bad, you can at least see some kind of logic behind them. This one is just why did they, you know, have Fred Ottman and put him in a shiny blue. Uh, Stormtrooper mask because obviously the, the infamous part about the Shockmaster is how bad his debut is but realistically even if his debut was perfect how is that gimmick any good anyway yeah if you ignore that he trips and he falls and that the, ma the mask falls off <laughs> and all that the look of the costume already is bad I mean I don't know what they were going with that like vest thing because for all we know, I mean, seems like a great guy and all, but if you don't have like a, you know, a big muscular build or anything, why are you necessarily accentuating a big gut as being something that's something like, oh, this is real threatening and all. It looked weird, that little vest thing. And then your big like centerpiece of the whole thing is you took a stormtrooper uh, thing and you made it glittery. You didn't even like add anything to it so where it's not as recognizable as a stormtrooper helmet and the glittery thing that's supposed to be intimidating psycho sid and all they're supposed to be like oh my god i'm so afraid of this guy they should have taken one look at the sketch of this thing and been like yes yeah, it's ridiculous we're not going in that direction let alone you didn't when think he, they had a sketch well right on top of that like when they would have seen him backstage they should have been like no we can't do this we got to figure out something else on the fly but the shock was he supposed to electrocute people was he supposed to he's supposed to shock the world because he's the shock master he's gonna shock the world 
really just a terrible, terrible gimmick. Mm -hmm. And we never got to see what their full plans for it was because obviously the moment he's introduced, it's dead in the water, but I don't really even know what they would have planned on doing in the future with this character. Like what was the end game? Was it just, we got to do something for this and that'll get people talking for a week. Well, I mean, something that isn't brought up as much beyond obviously the Shockmaster, just because of the debut, is the debut of the Super Shockmaster. Oh, I don't even know that. <laughs> that's Fred. That's Fred Ottman as a guy who's the son of the Shockmaster, playing <laughs> the same guy playing the son of the Shockmaster. And <laughs> when did and this happen? It was on WCW, literally months after, literally weeks, if not months after the Shockmaster's debut, the Super Shockmaster, who was a guy in a blue lucha mask. Oh, I gotta find okay. this. Let me see this. So that's, that's easy enough that, to find. Super well, Shockmaster. While, while you're looking it up, I did have that question, because if he doesn't trip and fall, do they just have him masked? And then is he just a masked big guy who does big guy moves? Oh, so it wasn't his son, it was his nephew, but still. <laughs> Not better, but okay. That'd probably probably in the nephew, because then they could refer to the other shot master as Uncle Fred. Because that was that, what, because... Uh, that's how Dusty referred to uh, Fred Altman. Which is funny because that is literally that is Cody's uncle by yeah. marriage. Or was at least. They they have since been divorced, I believe. And his son, his real life son, currently rings the bell for WWE. Really? Yeah. Huh. Hope he doesn't get electrocuted when he does it. <laughs> wow, I'm looking at this thing right now, and like, yeah, it's not great, but it's a hell of a lot better than the original Shockmaster. <laughs> at least it looks like a generic luchador instead of some weird, terrible cosplay that you'd find at a convention. I don't think I'd ever describe Fred Altman as a as a as a generic luchador. <laughs> I mean, the, the mask at the very least, generic luchador mask. Yeah. But um, but yeah, that's uh. That's one of the options at the very least. So probably not so much the Super Shockmaster, but the Shockmaster in general. Just the idea of the Shockmaster, I think at this point, mm. you know, is worthy enough to already put a pin in. I already added it to my uh, potential list because the Shockmaster is something that's it's infamous <laughs> on top of being just awful. So in sticking with Fred Ottman, Tony, why do you immediately think of Tugboat? Why, I think, why did they have, like, we're going to talk a lot about, I mean, we're probably, let's be realistic here, we're probably going to end up with another subdivision of the Mount Rushmore of worst job characters, because that's a whole, we can list like 15 of these people just from WWE alone that are like, your gimmick is, this is the job that you have. Tugbo is a character that never made sense to me. Because you're in an era where you've got, like, Hulk Hogan. Okay, what is his gimmick? He's just a wrestler. You know, he's just a guy that happens to be, he calls himself the Hulkamaniac, and it's like, you know, the Hulkamaniacs are his fans, and he's the Hulkster, and he's the immortal Hulk Hogan, and he's just a guy. Macho Man Randy Savage is just a guy. He's got a little bit of flair to him, of course, and... You know, the big hat and the uh, sunglasses and all, but 
These are just guys. Mr. Perfect. Okay, it's a good enough nickname or whatever. We got bad gimmicks like Red Rooster and all, but what were they thinking when they are like, okay, we got this big dude here. We're going to call him Tugboat, but he's going to be dressed like a sailor. So he immediately looks like an old, like, like a little kid would be dressed up for like a, a funny photo shoot or something. This isn't intimidating in the slightest bit. And it's such a big, stark difference between Tugboat and Typhoon. Oh, it's not? I think that it is, because when you get Typhoon and Earthquake together, okay, he's a big dude, he's intimidating, he's threatening. I see Tugboat, and I'm like, either this guy is just going to give everybody a hug, and he's like the gentle giant. Give him a tug. <laughs> oh, I hope he doesn't give him a <laughs> That's a different story if he's uh, going, dude, dude, in the middle of doing that. But, like, did they really think that this was going to be, like, some, oh, I'm going to headline WrestleMania? Yes, if you believe Bruce Pritchard, he was going to be the fucking chic tugboat. (laughs) Yeah, the chic tugboat thing is even more confusing, because it's like, who who looks at that and goes, ah, I know, we'll we'll make him an Iranian uh, sympathizer, or an Iraqi sympathizer, or whatever, and he'll feud with Hogan. What the fuck is this gimmick? I would say that I'm not is he judge. a boat or is he just the captain of a boat? <laughs> is, he, is he a boat? <laughs> is he a boat? Is he? Is he, is he, is he? <laughs> Are we going to get back uh, to the old uh, recurring joke on um, Smack Talk of uh, Tugger the Tug Boat Boat? No. <laughs> I, I would say I'm not going to judge a lot of these gimmicks based on the fact of could they have like you put them together and could these people main event WrestleMania? Because it's just like it's just not gonna not gonna happen. Because at the end of the day, most people don't main event WrestleMania, and at the end, and also most people that main event WrestleMania don't have gimmicks because they're just like naturally charismatic, cool people. That's but there's a huge what... difference between like Undertaker no. and this. That's what I mean. Like oh, Undertaker yeah, I, 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 is I a gimmick that. that could have been really bad, but 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 I, but I say in an era where basically anybody that wasn't a top guy had a gimmick that was some kind of you know something that was either cartoony or was based on a profession tugboat doesn't really stand out to me at all in terms of like a worst gimmick of all time it's i think it's the visual that tends to stand out to me a lot because if i think like bad gimmick i usually tend to think of people's costumes and all before i start getting into like I mean, we can get into, like, say, uh, we're going to talk about Eugene and Kerwin White and all, but I tend to think, like, visually, if I were to look at this person and just be like, that's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> so Tugboat's like, this is a giant dude, and he's dressed up like a dumbass sailor. And he was Typhoon, like, you know, right afterward. So Typhoon's so much better. If he would have just been Fred Ottman or even if they go with, like, the tugboat Fred Ottman, and he's not dressed as ridiculously, and the idea is like, oh man, he's the size of a fucking boat. You can't move this guy. What a big... Because uh, one of the names he goes by apparently is Tugboat Thomas. That wouldn't yeah. have been as bad. That's the original name, but then... Then he's just Tugboat, and he just starts doing this little fucking toot in the horn. And <laughs> I, I think what we're missing here about Tugboat, and which is why I think it's laughable that you're defending Typhoon, is... He's supposed to be like, oh man, Hulk Hogan was my childhood hero. Oh, like, <laughs> he's pulling an archery. <laughs> okay, um, that's interesting. We see and how then, what the the um difference in their age is because it's probably negligible. 
So uh, Fred Ottman was born August 10th, 1956. Oh, God. So 66. And Hogan was born August 11th. It's almost the same day, uh, 1953. So Hogan is three years older than him. <laughs> what a childhood uh, hero. Uh, Three-year age difference. Let me tell you. Yeah. Um, no, and then he turns heel and becomes Typhoon. And it just seems so childish to me. Well, now I'm angry. When the seas are angry, you get a Typhoon. Uh, what are we doing here? Like- <laughs> <laughs> but you see, even that's like they thought more about it. Because they were like, oh, well, let's take him in that. We'll give him a name that's based off of like the angry seas and all. That's putting a little bit more effort. They, instead of just being like, anybody could have been tugboat. <laughs> well, I think you you put a, you put in all the effort that they did because you just said, well, this guy he's as big as a boat. You can't move him. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's uh, Fred Ottman doesn't have a great track record of that. I don't see. Uh, I've never seen any footage of him as Big Bubba or Siegfried the Giant or U.S. Steel or Big Steel Man, but <laughs> those are apparently names that he went by. Steel, by the way, uh, for Big Steel Man, spelled with an extra e, S T E E L E, Big Steely Man. <laughs> okay. So I mentioned tugboat. Callum mentions Shockmaster. Rob, let's get into your uh, your immediate thought. Dr. Isaac Jacob, I think that this is terrible. How do you look at someone the size of Glenn Jacobs? And not think and, he's a boat? And, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is he a man? Well, Cornette had him as the Unibomb, which is at least a threatening name for you know this giant of a man. How do you look at this man and go, I got it. Dentist. Fucking why? Like, can you imagine if we would have just missed out on Kane because Glenn Jacobs was a dentist? And I think it's the dumbest thing ever. I think it's insane to me that you can say, technically, Bret Hart fought Kane at a Survivor Series, at a SummerSlam. No one will ever talk about it, though, because he's a fucking dentist character. Like, this is the worst thing to come out of 1995, and that includes Mabel being King of the Ring and headlining that SummerSlam. <laughs> Isaac Yankum is really notoriously bad as well. I mean, Yankum would have completely been, you know, a one and done kind of character, and we never would have gotten Kane if that would have been the case and all. He doesn't even like being uh mentioned in that same capacity. There's been interviews where people are like, you know, hey, he used to be a dentist, and he's just like, I'm fucking done with this interview. Because <laughs> I'm sure he's sick and tired of everybody being like, you know, you were the dumbass dentist. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh it's hokey, it's uh schlocky, you know, that shtick is something that it can work really, really well in pro wrestling, or it can be just not good. And of course, we know Glenn Jacobs is, you know, this great performer, his Hall of Famer, all this stuff when he's Kane. But Isaac Yankum, you you brought in the character to do a Bret Hart and Jerry Lawler story about just Lawler had his disgusting foot in his mouth. The end. That's the whole purpose of this character is just that. Wouldn't it be funny if he went to a dentist because of how bad his teeth are? And then the dentist also has bad teeth. That sounds like a really bad SNL sketch that would bomb in front of the crowd. 
Yes. And it bombed in front of the WWE crowd as well. But like, it's crazy to me to think, if you say Bret Hart and Kane had a cage match on Raw, that, that should be must-see TV, but it's freaking Isaac Yankum, and I just think that that's a waste. So that's why I think a lot about Isaac Yankum as a waste of a performer, because we all know how good Kane would go on to be. Then Yankum, of course, is in that range of where we'll get into like the the other jobs and stuff. So let's start talking some more about some other job ones, because there are so fucking many of these. Uh, one of them that stands out to me, another really really bad one, as far as just like an immediate thought for me, and it's during that same time frame because a lot of these are around that same time frame. T. L. Hopper. What do you think the character is? Well, he's got a plunger and he uses that as a weapon and that's going to help him out in the world of pro wrestling. That's where I get into a lot of the confusion about why are these people wrestlers? Some of them I get, you know, some characters are sort of like, okay, well, this person their gimmick is that they're like a, a fitness person and then like, like Simon Dean. I don't think Simon Dean's necessarily a horrible character. I wouldn't put that anywhere close to the Mount Rushmore. You go with like a physical fitness guru or whatever. Yeah, okay. Maybe they were in the pro wrestling and that's why they got into it. Why are we going like, okay, this guy's a plumber by day and a wrestler by night. Why does he have to be a plumber? Is he good enough wrestler that he doesn't need to be a plumber? Is he just doing that? Cause He's super into it. Like that's his hobby is that he's a plumber. TL hopper toilet hopper. What the fuck? Toilet, toilet lid hopper. In case anyone was wondering what the TL stood for toilet lid hopper. And yeah, instead of it being like a, I don't know, Timothy Lewis. hopper. Or mm. <laughs> I mean, that was just, that was just the thing in the time. They just wanted to have characters that had discernible jobs. So, like, T.L. Hopper is just one of many, like, um, Duke the Dumpster Drosy. That was going to be what I got to, yeah. Duke the Dumpster is definitely another one that we can talk about, because the guy is a trash man. And it's not even like uh, you, um, Frank in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where it's, you know, I'm the trash <laughs> I'm man. The trash <laughs> <laughs> He's just the guy that, and he, the way that they did the gimmicks for him, he fucking loves being a garbage man, too. He's always just like, yeah, I'm taking out the trash. This is fucking great, man. I don't know if that makes it better or worse. He's just like, I, I can't wait to be making my debut in WWF. But at the mean, in the meantime, I'm going to really enjoy being a sanitation worker and taking out people's garbage. Why was the WWF in the doldrums to the point where they're like, hey, I saw this guy taking out my garbage. I think we should put him in the ring. Yeah. <laughs> and some of them, of course, some of them do work like. Paul Bearer was actually a mortician and they bring him in as a manager. So that's like, Oh, okay. That's, that's kind of cool. And you might be able to take somebody's career and turn that into a little bit of a gimmick for that. Like look at Dr. Britt Baker. She is a dentist. That's a big difference of her character versus Isaac Yankum because she's got a finisher. That's like 
okay, well, you know, she understands how to manipulate the mouth and she uses a finisher that's based off of that because she is a dentist and she can cut promos about like, oh, I'm going to kick your teeth in and I'm going to whatever and all. That is how that works. Meanwhile, Isaac Ankum's just like, hey, kids, you know how the dentist is fucking scary? Well, look at this dude. He's a monster. Ah, It's very old school, of course, not, not just for the time frame, but it's very like gimmicky in a a comedic kind of childish way and i don't know i look at a a character like repo man and i wonder why repo man is a wrestler but i don't wonder why big boss man is a wrestler because that guy's just like a big brute who is beating the crap out of people uh as like a security guard or a prison guard or whatever and he translates that into well i guess i could be a pro wrestler kind of like hank walker as to a certain extent right now i mean he was supposed to be coming in as a security guard and then transitions to getting a contract and all i can picture big boss man becoming a character that's in pro wrestling but repo man i don't know he's fun i'm gonna say that you know but why why is this guy running around going i'm gonna steal all your shit and everybody's okay with it fuck that guy man I think Rebo Man is probably one of the easier ones to pull off to me. Because you can just have him be like, yeah, I'm going to steal your championship. And haha, everything that you have belongs to me. It's kind of like how IRS, really dumb, really, really dumb. But it worked. It worked pretty well. And they put him with Ted DiBiase and they made that work. Sometimes it really just is on the performer. Because let's be honest. There's a world easily where the Undertaker's on this list. The dumb gimmick that he just managed to make work for 30 years. Yeah. But there is something with the job people that I think if you can realistically understand how they transition into a pro wrestler, like I would excuse something like the goon. The goon's dumb. Nobody really, nobody's going to be like, oh, my favorite of all times, the goon. But hey, if you get kicked out of hockey because you're fighting so much and then you become a fighter, sure. All right. Well, you know, he, he looks ridiculous, but I can see the through line there. I don't understand why Friar Ferguson is a character in pro wrestling. I understand less why Bastion Booger is a character. Oh, Bastion Booger's <laughs> on my list 100%. Bastion Booger, is, what is his fucking character? He's just gross. He's gross, yeah. yeah. Just a big a hump. guy. He's a hump. Just a guy that likes to to proclaim that he's going to eat people in their match. Their whole idea for him is, wow, you're, you're fucking disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're just going to say you're fucking disgusting. Poor That's awful, Mark man. Shaw. Yeah, poor old Mark Shaw. Because <laughs> it's like the Friar Ferguson thing's dumb. Why is this like religious thing becoming a part of this and all? But hey, I mean, realistically, if you're like, oh, you're Friar Tuck, and I don't know, maybe that's a big guy, whatever. It's a ridiculous character. It's stupid and all. But it's not quite insulting. <laughs> you get into Bastion Booger territory, and it's kind of like, I always wonder if you get cast in a movie or a TV show as like the ugly friend or like the creepy dude that people think is disgusting or whatever. It's got to really hurt your feelings after a while, you know? Like, Oh, yeah. Those sort of characters, the one that really stuck out to me was the goon. 
because I just don't get why. I mean, I know I I understand the logic of you know hockey fans for it or hockey players for it, and so he's supposed to be the goon. But like, why did they make him look like that? Like, why couldn't they? Why couldn't he been like a like you know a kind of burly hockey player type? This guy had crazy carrot top hair, <laughs> and I just I like. I, don't, I just don't get why you thought that that was ever going to work. Like, was there a big crossover between hockey fans and wrestling fans that I wasn't aware of? There might have been. There was. I don't think uh, Bill Irwin is doing it for them, you know? Like, it, it was just an, an over uh, need to put gimmicks on these people because they just couldn't be, like Tony said, with Hogan and Savage. At the end of the day, they're just guys. They they are huge gimmicks, but that's because they're over the top personalities. It wasn't like here's Hulk Hogan. He's gonna turn green at some point in the match. <laughs> yeah. Third bucket smashing you. Like now, like God. I the, with the goon, like I mentioned before, like I I could understand more of the hockey thing of how he becomes a wrestler, but when you have him going out quite literally dressed 100% as a hockey player. Like he's got the gloves and a fucking hockey stick. That's a little bit like just, okay, you're, you're way past the suspension of disbelief here, but uh, I still understand that gimmick more than necessarily Abe knuckleball Schwartz. Mm. To understand uh, baseball was on strike. It was a, it was a way to work in, homophobic jokes everything <laughs> they wanted in 1994 ah yeah, of course basically every every gimmick was designed to throw in either homophobic racist or sexist jokes at school growing <laughs> I, I mean i think that's something we could all agree upon there was a lot of that going around for several years but it's funny how they take that idea and they're like all right uh baseball player let's do something with that and they just go full force on it like he is wearing the most stereotypical baseball outfit at the time. And he's got the baseball cap on and his face is painted to be a baseball. <laughs> so is he the baseball? <laughs> is that what we're going for? Well, and he, as far as I'm aware, I, I don't correct me if I'm wrong. As far as I'm aware, he didn't even use a bat as like a gimmick. Like he's going to, you know, hit you with a bat or something. Right. I see pictures no, of looking it up. Online he right on now. Strike. He was on strike. How could he use a bat? If, like if you were gonna say, "Hey, name me," I don't know, name me three people in pro wrestling that used a bat as a foreign object. You'd be like, "All right, uh, Sting, uh, Chris Jerk." <laughs> You're not gonna be like, "Hey, but Knuckleball Schwartz, the baseball guy," but he has uh, a catcher's mitt. So I'm not going to use a weapon that I could actually beat somebody up with, but I've got my ability to catch a baseball in case somebody because throws that. Because we had that. to force in that pitcher or a catcher joke because we're homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird when you look at a character like that, then you go, man, you were so much better off as the Brooklyn brawler who couldn't win a goddamn match. You know? Well, speaking about him, let's talk about something that a lot of people would consider a horrible gimmick but i would say well exceeded that and is not at all something to bring up as like a mount rushmore choice doink the clown 
clowns are dumb i hate clowns i don't think that they're entertaining i don't understand the fun part of it because it seems like maybe i'm gonna alienate myself a little bit here when it comes to like uh pissing people off i think if you like the circus and clowns and all it's kind of the same as if you're a little kid that just giggles at uh, dangling keys it's like oh this is loud and colorful and noisy and that's it's good enough for my brain you know so i never liked clowns the only clown that i actually like is joker which isn't really counting because of course that's kind of different story but doink was fucking fun man like what a terrible gimmick that became something that was interesting and they got a lot more mileage out of that than i ever would have imagined so much more different than kazarni I, I, I certainly wouldn't put Doik in a bad one. I think Matt Bourne did a, a great job with the character. Him as a evil heel clown is is a great character. Mm-hmm. I think it gets bad when he becomes a babyface and you add Dink and Pink and all the other like all the other people into it. That's when he becomes a bad gimmick. But that's be, that's that's beyond the point of the initial introduction of the character. Kazani is yeah. I'd, <laughs> I mean, again, you can see the logic in Kazani in the fact that he's supposedly a guy that is very aware of wrestling's carnival roots, Mm -hmm. speaking in carny language. The thing is that people watching in 2007 or 2008 when he debuted don't really care that it came from a carnival (laughs) background. They just, you know, want to watch wrestling. And him speaking in a language pe- which people can't decipher or can't listen to quite clearly that makes him seem really weird and out of place. Just, um, yeah, I think it immediately alienated people to him because especially like his first match was against uh, MVP on SmackDown. And this was in the middle of MVP going through a losing streak on SmackDown, which had been going on for several months at this point. And the crowd was starting to cheer over MVP because they felt bad for him. And so you're supposed to get this new guy who supposedly want to push as a baby face out of this, and you put him against a guy who's getting organically over as a baby face. The crowd just absolutely hated him from start to finish, and he had a shitty finish and all of that other stuff. I don't know whether the gimmick itself merits being one of the worst of all time, but mm-hmm. uh, he's a bad character for, for sure. Yeah, I don't even think that the gimmick is necessarily all that bad if you would have had a better performer underneath there, because if you give him... Well, let's put it this way. If you put a different person into the same gimmick that's able to have a better look to them, but still the same kind of vibe, that's an action figure. That's somebody that you can instantly be like, oh, okay, that's like a an over-the-top character. And, you know, if they're able to have like a cool finisher, they're able to cut a better promo in that style, it might be kind of fun and it might be a good way to like be another Undertaker-esque or like Boogeyman-esque kind of character of, yeah, a little bit but fantastical and all. And he had a decent entrance. Like they had the the cool lighting and he was like, you know, spinning around like a fucking circus act would have been or whatever. But he just sucked. So it was like that amplified that this character wasn't good for him. And it's a shame that they used that name for him and all instead of waiting for the right person to do it. Cause sometimes he it was, is just the performer. He was the right person to be his Arnie. He still does. Basically, a circus freak whole thing today. He was the right person for it. It's just that it was the wrong time, and they weren't 
fully behind him. It was they got this weird bug up their ass in 08 to start doing character based gimmicks again. That's why we got him, our truth, uh, Kong Funaki. <laughs> you know, we just got that weird thing, and I'll feed that odd man out and go, Boy, did this work for me as a weird 14 year old kid? This, this worked. You're a big Kazarni mark for three weeks. <laughs> I was a big Kazarni mark for those vignettes. I was, uh, I watched that one match he did and then never popped up again. <laughs> you know, like it worked for me. I enjoyed the weird talking. I, I probably had like a two week stint where I tried to talk like that. It was very annoying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Crazy yeah. carnival type things can work. Oh, I mentioned Joker uh, for the Batman series, but there's like Professor Pig and there's, that carnival arcade game, and I, there's, there's so twisted metal. Twisted I mean, metal, like, yeah. I mean, speaking of Mojo, yeah, like that in and of itself as a gimmick can work, and it can be applicable to a lot of things. But Kazarni, it didn't work out that time for him. Poor guy. Now we could talk about a lot of people that had bad, like generic gimmicks. Like, hey, Ricky Ortiz is—he's got a towel. You know, <laughs> like around that time frame, that was. Let's hear it for Lucky Cannon, everybody. Lucky Cannon, his gimmick is basically kind of sounds like a porn star name, sort of. And that's it. <laughs> okay, that's really going to go far. Uh, this is somewhere around, I don't know, I don't remember exactly when this was, but um, that transition to the character being named based off of something that <laughs> they didn't even give the person a name. And NXT, they had a character called Blue Pants because she wore blue pants. Now, in fairness, Leva Base was never supposed to actively be on TV more than <laughs> that one time. And Enzo cast were just riffing on her. But, you know, dumb shit catches on in wrestling. So Blue Pants. Not a Mount Rushmore thing, but it was something that just popped in my mind that Blue Pants existed because they were like, you got Blue Pants and you're you're Blue Pants. You're not even like. Oh, uh, Leva Bates with her blue pants there or something, but um, let's go on to some of the other things on this list because there's so, so, so many of these. Let's talk about one of the big ones. Survivor Series comes around and they got a lot of things that they can market this off of because there's so many different colorful characters that are going to be facing off and you got these teams worth of people and, you know, you got like Ted DiBiase is going to bring in this like special enforcer type guy. And who's that going to be? Of course, it ends up being the undertaker, but every year this survivor series gimmick could have, you know, the mega maniacs are up against people or the, the warriors are up against people, whatever it might be. And a big factor in survivor series becomes there's a big ass egg. What's going to happen when that egg hatches? And they got poor mean Gene Okerlund out there to be like, the egg hatched, and oh my god, what happens? The gobbledygooker pops out. It's a fucking guy in a turkey outfit just going, oh, gobble, gobble, gobble. And mean Gene Okerlund's got to try to sell it. Who are you? Oh, oh, you're the gobbledygooker? Yeah. My favorite thing is that the egg made a return, like, what, almost 30 years later, and it was an egg. 
<laughs> it's like there's something with Vincent eggs where he's just like, I got a fucking egg. It's a gold one this time. I love eggs. Uh, the comedy cooker sucks. I I think it gets way too much flack. Like it was meant to be a stupid thing during a time where I mean we talked about tugboat a lot already on this podcast. Tugboat was a featured act on this show that year. So they were still just throwing <laughs> shit at the wall. If you go on the WWE YouTube uh, channel, there is a video that's called WWE Classics Superstars Hang with the Gooker. And the thumbnail for it is, is gobbledygooker and a completely baffled tugboat. <laughs> he looks like he's just like, what the fuck are you? <laughs> it's I'm a boat. You're a turkey. What the? <laughs> gobbledygooker is terrible. What the fuck? I'd, I'd say the gooker is... It's 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 inoffensive. It's like it's yeah, it's dumb, but it was very short lived. And realistically, because they they kind of recognised as soon as it debuted that it was a bad thing. They've actually made more value out of it than probably a lot of the other gimmicks that we could mention because they bring it back because it's so dumb and it's crazy. And we'll bring it back for like gimmick battle royal or something like that. And that's yeah. So it's actually probably been a net positive for them rather than a negative. But what was their thought process? Did they really think that this was going to be like they were going to have another? They were going to have another character pop out. It was just, it, was get, just a... it was going to be the Undertaker as the Eggman, or it was going to be Ric Flair or something like that. And then they realized how dumb that was, and so they so they panicked and put a, a, a turkey in the egg. That was that's that's the only what the only explanation for it. Well, I, I think it was more of a, hey, we can have this guy at the house shows and he can dance around with the kids. Because I work. I look at this and I think maybe it's just like a more modern day approach or something. But I go, you probably could have gotten a couple things out of this if you were going in that direction, but you didn't. So now I'm wondering where you were going because it's a turkey. Turkeys have nothing specific about pro wrestling. So it's not like they were going with like a mascot you'd see at, you know, like the, um, the Eagles, uh, football team. They, they've got a person dressed up as an Eagle and it's like, all right, they're out on the field to try to be like a cheerleader type or the Philly fanatic or, um, gritty, whatever the fuck gritty is. <laughs> I don't know what gritty has to do with hockey, but it's like, you're trying to go with that idea. I wouldn't think if you have, a dancing turkey at a house show that's like oh you know the the pro wrestling turkey of course <laughs> but you also didn't even have anybody like beat it up to try to be like oh maybe the kids will like the turkey and then ted DiBiase will beat up the turkey and be like i'm gonna send you to the fucking uh to the meat packing plant where everybody's gonna eat you for thanksgiving or you know like one of those kind of things it was just sort of the egg hatched and there's a turkey Tony, you can't have someone choke a turkey on TV. It just doesn't work. It's just like it's, it's a, there's a census for that. Yeah, you can have somebody choke a chicken. No. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like, you could have. I could have seen something there, and instead, it just ended up being: we'll have a turkey pop out of an egg, and then we'll move on to the next segment. Like, who the fuck was high on what when they were making this up? everyone was high on something at this point in time it's the, it was the nine it was the early 90s i see more value in the swagger soaring eagle <laughs> well, yeah, he, had a, he, had, he was attached to something he was attached to a character 
Yeah, Does like, the Eucharist just exist on its own? And I think you're... It was Thanksgiving. Like, like as Series was Thanksgiving Day. It was turkey on Thanksgiving. <laughs> That's all you really needed. Somebody should have eaten it. That's all I'm saying. No, you can't. Was Bastion Booger Bastion around at this point? Yeah. yeah. No, no, no was Bastion not, wasn't around. Okay, because yeah, Bastion Booger would have been a great... Probably would have tried to... Okay, Bastion Booger chasing after the turkey and turkey running away actually is, tickles me now. So <laughs> that would have been funny. Or, like, you know how they have the president pardon a turkey for Thanksgiving? Like, they could have had, like, I don't know, Hulk Hogan would have been like, you know, I'm going to pardon this turkey or something. Like, <laughs> oh. Well, can I talk about a similar concept that I think is actually a far worse gimmick? Sure. Than the Golden Cookie. Red Rooster. A uh, Red Rooster's garbage, <laughs> Because that's oh, that one, because that one's that one is a real thing they tried to do. That's, yeah, that's actually someone they tried to push, or at least like give significant airtime to. And who, who in their right mind would say I can? I almost it, it would still be stupid, but I can kind of get the concept of Terry Taylor, the Terry the Red Rooster Taylor, or Terry Taylor the Red Rooster. Like if you had his real name and mm-hmm. then the gimmick attached to it. The fact that he's just his full name is the Red Rooster in a similar vein to oh you signed Carrie Von Eric and you decide to call him the Texas Tornado instead. It's uh but this one is just it's it's so bizarre and the stories that go around it about the fact that it was a toss up between him and Kurt Hennig about which one was gonna get Mr. Perfect and which one was gonna get the Red Rooster. I don't buy that shit for a fucking moment. <laughs> no, but but you know but I just don't get why they think that you know, having a guy give him that name and basically have his head have his hair stick up in the middle with a mohawk with a red mohawk is is supposed to get a guy over, or why you would persist with that for so long? Like he he was that character for years. a number of years, yeah. Because so that's I don't know. Uh, like you said, like there's something there. The whole he's the cock of the walk and whatever like that it's very old timey and a lot of the ways that, you know, people will be like, Oh, that's a real humdinger. And you're like, no, oh, that just sounds ridiculous. You know what I mean? Time goes on and those kind of phrases are not quite, they don't translate the same. So you go back to like, uh, maybe like the Bob Backlund type era and somebody might legitimately be like, Oh, what a, that guy's like a red rooster. He's such a cocky son of a bitch. You know, well, they wouldn't say son of a bitch because even like the uh, quote unquote badass, like a John Wayne in movies was always like, well, darn it. I'm going to whatever. Cause you know, people were lame as shit back then, but uh, <laughs> like Terry Taylor, the red rooster, a character that's supposed to be a cocky Ric Flair esque person. If the red rooster name is just sort of a, an extra moniker or it's kind of even better if they would have approached that as like he's the heel and a cool baby face is like i mean it sounds kind of ridiculous but like a cool baby face is like oh you're like a fucking rooster over here you know going because you're a fucking cocky son of a bitch and look at that stupid hair or something like that if they made it a comedic thing like that you might be able to get a little away with that more but they tried to treat it like a very serious like Oh, that red rooster, man. What a heel. <laughs> so I'll actually actually want to correct you guys a little bit because this is part of the benefit of actually going back to watch some of the programming from back in that day. The entire fucking red rooster is Bobby Heenan going, 
I can make anything work. I got this guy here, Terry Taylor. I'm going to call you the dumbest thing in the world. You're now the Red Rooster, and I'm going to make you a star because that's how good I am as a manager. And then once he turns babyface, that's where it gets really stupid because that's where he starts suggesting in promos that his mom is Mother Hen. But, uh, you know, (laughs) they started out with an actually good idea of Bobby Heenan's so full of himself that he's going to take Terry Taylor, this mildly accomplished wrestler, and make him the Red Rooster because it's dumb and he wants to make... That's a stupid idea. That's a, it's like you say, like oh, it's, it's a really no, it's a, it's a dumb idea because he's admitting from the idea. start it's dumb. <laughs> it's well, it's a good idea if the person that Bobby Heenan is thinks that he's going to make a star is some sort of lovable oaf, like he's someone of a I don't know a hillbilly Jim maybe aspect to him. It's like yeah, a big a big guy, but he's like he's affable. And he's caught up with the wrong crowd and they've given him a dumb name, but they think they can make a star out of him. And then eventually Bobby Heenan gets pissed off about it. And then the guy turns baby face and it all goes well. Terry Taylor, like again, never interacted with the guy, but from all accounts, he seems to be not the most likable person in the world. <laughs> or he seems to have a kind of an air of, he seems to be, he seems to fit a heel persona. And he looked too generic, or he looked too just like a prop, like just a wrestler, to make this sort of gimmick work. So I think it was just—it's an overall. If that's what they're going for, they picked the wrong person. And even if that was the idea they're going for, why bury a guy straight out the gate just just for like to make your ma- to get your manager over? That's because that's specifically okay. This is a vehicle to get Bobby Heenan over rather than you know the wrestler. You know, Heenan, you... who was pretty over at that point. I think he didn't need he didn't need another kind of character that's like, oh, I need to I need to prove I'm the greatest manager of all time. How about prove you're your right manager by just managing people that win all the time? The, the dumb part to me is where they think, oh, and then he'll turn on Bobby Heenan and face him at WrestleMania, and then the Red Rooster will be one of our best characters and super over because it just it was never going to happen. So. So I, I I mean I, again I don't know whether that one will go on the route much route much for or not but I just don't think that it's uh I don't think it's uh it's not good <laughs> good one by the <laughs> I yeah, wouldn't put that it. in the in the Mount Rushmore territory but I mean that's mostly because we have so so many of these that we can talk about and I want to bring up another uh you know we talked about gobbledygooker let's talk about another animal here or at least half of an animal because he's half man half beast <laughs> the old mantar. Oh, God. <laughs> when you say in a character and the immediate response is two people in sync going, oh God. <laughs> it's a guy with a cow mask that comes, to, or bull mask, or whatever you want to call it, comes down to the ring. And, I, and you know what? It's like it's some sort of kooky play on a minor tour. It's man tour instead. Mm-hmm. Because I assume they, I don't know, they didn't want to go too far into the, into the Greek mythology with that. And the fact is that, uh, all words well, I'd say, like, no offense to the guy, but he doesn't look like a minotaur. <laughs> he looks like he looked like a big guy in a in a cow mask. I, yeah, I, I, again, it's he had hooves. Mm. <laughs> but it's it, again, it's just one of those things that it fits the time, but it's also why I 
and I know you guys disagree, but it's also why I think that that period in wrestling is the worst ever. <laughs> oh, I I don't disagree about some of that stuff. There's some great character work, and there's some great stuff that happens there, but it is very much in that. I mean, even the Attitude Era has like the revisionist um, rose-colored glasses and stuff. I will talk about stuff. a lot about Attitude Era stuff. Attitude Era's got that. some really bad ones. We tend to be focusing a lot right now on like uh, these really bad old-school gimmicks, but uh, well, I mean, old-school is applicable to Attitude Era at this point, too, but but like Mantar, again, we're, I'm going to repeat this for a lot of different things. If you tweak it a little bit, it might not be too, too bad, because there are so many different people that have gimmicks of like, oh, this guy's like this guy's a beast or the animal Batista. You never had Batista dressed up as an animal. Yeah. Rhino is like, Oh, he's, he's like a rhino and he's just a guy. And that's where it goes into Mantar. He probably wouldn't have been a great wrestler to begin with. You know, just a, a big burly dude. But if he, what's his real name? Mike something or whatever. Um, I know that wasn't Mike Shaw. No, I, I thought that his name might've been Mike something uh, as well. Let me see. Um, yeah, Mike Halleck is his name. Uh, you don't need to name him Mike. You know, and he went by some other nicknames uh, over the years. Apparently, Bruiser Mastino, Mafioso Mastino. So he was a mafia character. Like, sure, a big Wasn't henchman. Bruiser Mastino, also a name that Kane used in WCW. Bruiser Mastino? I don't know. I've, this is uh, kind of news to me as far as even him using this, but... He went by Terminator Mastino. He went by Tank. He went by Mad Mustafa. So maybe you go with like, oh, you know, Mantar Mastino. He's like a big fucking beast of a guy and he doesn't have a goddamn cow uh, head, essentially, that he takes off and then he just looks like a dude with, um, you know, weird face paint and all just the guy himself going out there and being an intimidating burly dude or whatever, I mean, could have worked, but you put him in that, that costume dead in the water. Ridiculous. Man, tar. My favorite thing about this exercise so far has been you regularly trying to justify how to make these things better. Instead of just acknowledging that they're all awful. You know, if you dig that idea, think about how I can make so many other things better with the Blueprint Project, because this proves that if you put a little bit of effort into it, you could actually turn things around. And if I put so much effort into things like the Power Rangers story, which is Absolute Power Rangers, A Mighty Morphin Epic, or things like the Batman, A Nighttime Story, 100 Records from the Wayne Foundation Archives, you will see that there are so many examples of Something like Condiment King. Absolutely ridiculous character, but you know what? I've got a reason for him to exist in the Batman universe. I'm not going to explain what it is, because I won't even explain Condiment King in Chapter 4, which will be coming out pretty soon. Spent eight hours recording that the other night. Absolutely ridiculous. (laughs) But you can find all that stuff over there on fanboysanonymous.com. Share your support for that the way that you would with Smart Out Moment. Hit up the Patreon in particular because that will make sure that I do more content on that front. Make sure you are subscribed to that YouTube channel and check out the Facebook and Twitter and all that goes along with that too. But yeah, I mean, if you put a little bit of effort into some of these things, they might work out. And I want to kind of keep that trend going while we're talking about some of these things here. 
which by the way i'm also creating a separate list here i'm writing down notes of these things that we're talking about but i'm uh i'm kind of putting them off to the side as far as i already have a list of job related ones and i've got like gobbledygooker and mantar and like okay these like animal themed ones because we could probably end up with a master list and a couple subdivisions um here's one that's another like i I wouldn't say it's necessarily like a um a job-based thing but let's let's just say it uh let's talk about kerwin white that's not because okay well that's not job related that right because because they had the whole like golf caddy thing with Dolph Ziggler and I was going to tie yeah. that into like ah oh, they tried oh, to make it seem like that his, but his he's gimmick was he was a Mexican guy that decided that he wanted to be a white guy yeah that was his game <laughs> this is one of the ones that's purely like all right this is first off how does this translate into pro wrestling second why are you doing this with Chavo and third it's pretty fucking offensive. <laughs> like this isn't yes. even just bad. It's like, oh, that's actually problematic. And do you guys remember his catchphrase? If it ain't white, it ain't right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you would think all these things we're talking about that it would be like, oh, you know, it's a different era. This is probably the eighties or no, this. <laughs> This wasn't that long ago. 2005. Yeah, uh, this is like, I was graduating high school when this shit was happening. <laughs> it's nope. not fucking right. Like the saddest, well, there's so many sad things about it. Just the fact that they decided to conceive this in the first place and, you know, build up a whole hill character for Charbo based around the fact that he wanted the privileges of being a white guy and all the stuff. So the only reason this gimmick ended was because Eddie Guerrero passed away. Hmm. And that's when they he reverted back to being Chavo Guerrero to honor his uncle's legacy. Like at the at the point that Eddie passed away, he was portraying this character. That's like, yeah. You would think it's, that it would be one of the ones you'd hear about. Like we recently heard about some pitches for some characters, like uh, Mansoor was behind nine eleven and all. You would think that this would be one of those like, oh, some ridiculous writer brought up this gimmick and it got shot down but now it's like now kerwin white went through all the stages leading up to the debut and then continued they thought they had something here pay-per-view didn't they didn't get shot them on pay-per-view i believe so yeah yeah like they were behind kerwin white it's 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 disgusting it's not like the I wouldn't put it on the Mount Rushmore. It's a sad gimmick, but it's like it's it's well, more reflective of the time than it is anything else. It's it's one of those ones that fits into the um I don't know what category we'd put it into, but it's like the stuff that you look at in twenty twenty three eyes and you think that it's just a bit icky. <laughs> and I mean, one that fits into that category as well is Akeem, the African dream. <laughs> we got to talk about Akeem. <laughs> who is basically, well, is, is akin to that in the sense that it was one man gang who Slick found out apparently has some, like, like African heritage. Eight. Yeah, like. And so he decided to make his whole character the fact that he was African. And so, you know, you have, yeah, you have this 
uh, again, I know, I know it's like, this is just like my interpretation of it, but it's just a big white guy talking black. It's just the way I would refer to it, essentially. It's just a guy do it, putting the slangs and little twinks on the word where he, fi- what he thinks people, what he thinks, yeah, he thinks that uh, African Americans talk like. And it's just, it's, it's, uh, yeah, as offensive as it sounds coming out. No matter what anyone out. says, he's making fun of Dusty. Well, it's what this yeah, is. Yeah, to be fair. It's, it's, yeah, it is, mocking, it is mo- mocking Dusty Rhodes a little bit. Don't forget yeah. that not only is he doing those, uh, the, you know, trying to speak Ebonics or whatever type thing, but he's got those sweet ass uh, hand gyrations. <laughs> that'll really, that'll oh, yeah. sell a fucking oh, gimmick. Right? Oh, yeah. As soon as he, yeah, this, um, amazingly, as soon as he found out that he was part African, he suddenly got rhythm. Right. <laughs> And it's, you know, between the two, I think that Kerwin White's worse in some ways, but that's not to say that Akeem isn't, you know, an offensive character. That's absolutely ridiculous. But there's like, I don't know. It's um, the Akeem thing seems tone deaf to me, whereas the Kerwin White thing seems like, why don't we do a racist gimmick? Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's trying to like dis- distort between the lines where because Chavo's whole gimmick was based around the fact that he doesn't want to be lumped with the Mexicans anymore, or it's just like so. His his whole his whole heel shtick was built around the fact that he's uh, denouncing his heritage, whereas Akeem is embracing his heritage, but in a very offensive way. Uh, so let's put it this way: I can I'm more inclined to believe we'll see a gimmick like Akeem again one day than I ever think that we'll see a Kerwin White. Right, yeah. Um, well, let's talk about... I, I want to throw out a couple of other ones which have the kind of... The racist part of it. What, what, not, not so much racist, but just, as I say, the whole icky, like, the things that you just look back on now and just think, oh my god, what were they thinking this time? And, and even ones which you probably couldn't even say, like, oh, it was... It was that year and things were different back then, but still, like, especially nowadays, you'd look back and just think, oh my God, like, how this is how they viewed this community or these people or what, or ethnicities or anything like that. Um, Eugene. Eugene is a big one to talk about because that is not a gimmick you could do now by any means. You, that would be problematic as fuck. I, I would say I'm not going to put. I, w- I would definitely never advocate for Eugene to be one of the worst gimmicks of all time, because just simply because he was fun. Oh, not even just that he's fun. I think I'm I'm blanking on the guy's name. The actual uh, guy, Nick. Yeah, the uh, Dinsmore. Nick. 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 Yeah, Nick Dinsmore. Uh, Nick Dinsmore puts his all into the character, mm-hmm. and he really tries his best to make it work. And for a while, the crowd goes with it until they get tired of it. And then they start like, then it's like SummerSlam 2005 and he's being beaten the hell out by, he's being beaten up and bullied by Kurt Angle and they're cheering the hell out of Angle doing it. So, so yeah, eventually it all falls apart because of course it does. You can't run that gimmick for too long, but you know, at points when he was like winning the tag titles with William Regal and stuff like that, he, he was over to a degree. He fought Triple H at SummerSlam. Yeah, and SummerSlam, and he also they also booed him against Triple H as well. Well, but that's uh, oh, did they? Yeah, 
That, well, that was a Toronto crowd, and they were actually booing the heels most of the night anyway. Like, that was that was the crowd that like made me realise that oh yeah, Edge is Edge. Everyone hates Edge at the moment. Uh, but, I, um, so I'm going to say this just like I said with the game. I think I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to do something like that again. It would have to be it would have to be different. You couldn't do as many special jokes. But I think that if done right, there's a way to do that kind of representation. It's just it can't be, haha, we're making fun of the special needs guy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> mm. Like, okay, the good doctor is maybe not the best show to bring up right now because a lot of memes going around about Dr. Surgeon there. But the intention is let's show this neurodivergent. Surgeon who has social quirks, but I, I think if you told the right story, you could uh, you could see a Eugene again. You just can't make it like, haha, we're making fun of him because he's, you know, got special needs. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's it's pretty uh, cringy to look back on for the most part, just looking at some of his segments and seeing the way that he was treated and yeah so but i mean he's far from the only one one that falls under the radar definitely won't be one of the worst one of the worst ones but one i just wanted to bring up because just how insane they decided to do this uh suicidal tim white oh fuck yeah i didn't (laughs) didn't remember that one at all my again just a a good way of talking about depression though so the guy the guy that uh, was forced to retire after that's a hell in a cell match between uh Chris Jericho and Triple H when he gets like knocked into the uh, Hell in a Cell and yeah gets injured and so they tell, decide to you know he's still employed so let's try and do something with him so they made him like the owner of a bar and had a web series where every single week he would try and attempt another way of killing himself and that's like hey great job representing like real depression people feel when they can't they can no longer do like a, a sport or a career that they once loved for that matter i mean hawk oh god i mean that's not a gimmick but that's like storyline well, wise but i yeah, mean that for a little bit that was like his kind of gimmick was that he was like oh this is the suicidal alcoholic character and all and uh, same thing with scott hall where they really lean into the alcoholism Ending with the five or six or seven different times they've done it with Jeff Hardy. Mm. And then Jeff Hardy continues to struggle. Yeah, it's not okay to make fun of someone's. And they did it with um, Jake Roberts as well. Yeah. But, and it almost feels like, of course, these people fall back into habit. You're literally putting them out on TV for them to be. for that to be their character. That is their whole character arc, apparently. And so you're just. Um, reinforcing that but you know as i say that's that's one that just falls into an example of it one that i think is slightly less is um veto when he was wearing a dress cross-dressing veto <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like that's a that's a that's an actual community of people that have, like that do that and it's just like they've played for laughs and again i'm not saying that like you know you can't have an element of humor into it but it's just a case of okay it's just this Italian mob guy who's brought as part of the FBI, and it's just like, oh, apparently he just likes wearing dress, a dress, and that's now his character. 
Yeah, and I think we I, could I, almost I, make a whole like. Um, <laughs> I, I think we ju- we we just covered 2005 in a nutshell. Like if you throw in like cross dressing Vito Eugene Festus, another oh, yeah, character that's like that, just yeah. making fun of people <laughs> with neurodivergent tendencies and stuff. Like you could have a, a whole subdivision of um, you know uh, cancel culture <laughs> or something of what we'd have now. Like you know, oh yeah, uh, like ones that Twitter would hate. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about like the the more racist gimmicks like uh Kerwin White and all. Mexicools. Mm. Oh my god. That takes the cake for me because it's three really, really, really talented former WCW Cruiser champions riding around on lawnmowers because they're Mexican. It's like <laughs> get a grip. <laughs> get a grip. What are you doing? I'm uh, I'm looking up so many different By the way, ones also here. Also, 2005. <laughs> I'm looking up a, a bunch of different lists here because there's some that uh, that I'm like, man, I forgot about that. I forgot about that. Um, oh yeah, there's ways. There's 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 far too many that we'll even be able to talk about in this. Yeah, and I mean, there, we can list a bunch that if we wanted to get deeper into them, we could. But I don't think we're going to end up putting them in the Mount Rushmore just so you know to mention them though, like general huge erection. I'm like, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but some people are bringing up ones that I'm like, I don't think that these are necessarily bad. Like the Mean Street Posse, I don't think is a bad gimmick. No, that's, that's just shame at man's friends. Yeah. I don't think that the Spirit Squad is a bad gimmick. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a, it's, it's not it's great, a bad gimmick, but, but, they, but, they, a... but they used them a lot. So I don't think it, it was there for what it needed to be. Yeah, it was like that was already a comedy act, and they are portraying these athletic characters. So it's like, okay, there you know, there's something there, and you can understand why they're able to flip around in the ring and all. Uh, I forgot about yodeling Cesaro. It was, it was quite speak five different languages. <laughs> yeah, like he was also a rugby player. Rugby thing, I, I don't know, I know that much, but the why were why was he yodeling? He was Swiss. Because <laughs> he could. And as far as Yodeling Cesaro, Matt Morgan stuttering? Mm-hmm. That, that one was bad. That Bubba Rice stuttering for a while as well. But he carried over from ECW. Yeah, that's true. But, um, but yeah, so you had a... Uh, yeah, I don't know why they decided... They had this big guy that they decided to give the F5 to after Brock Lesnar went and decided, okay, he's got to have a, he's got to have a stammer. I mean, realistically, Matt Morgan was a bit of a charisma vacuum. But he could have just been a generic like that. henchman, kind Even of the heavy it. bodyguard yeah. or something. Yeah, like there, there's ways to. So many people in the pro wrestling business haven't had great mic skills, but they've been able to translate to a better career. And when you give a guy a character like that, you know you're fucking him over. Come on, don't tell me that you're sitting there brainstorming stuff with the creative team and you're like, you know what I think will get this big man over if he stutters. Fucking really. You're 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 killing him before he's even got a chance. Like I'll make the argument. It's dumb. I hate it. It's he's awful. But Giant Gonzalez isn't as bad as a lot of these other ones in my mind. I don't understand the outfit. <laughs> you know that's already bad enough as it is. Like why has he got this hair growing out of this these muscle jumpsuit or whatever? 
But if he's supposed to be some kind of a big monstrous, oh, this guy is like a something you would find at a freak show or something, and he's brought in just to basically destroy the Undertaker. It's hokey, it's stupid, and all, but I I wouldn't put Giant Gonzalez under the worst gimmicks. I'd put Beaver Cleavage under this, which is one that I had on my short list of like, yeah, I can't find any reason to justify this. Well, there's no justifying it by any conventional logic. The justification is that, and I'm just going to say this out on a podcast, I don't actually mind, uh, but it's a man's obsessed with incest. I mean, uh, and, <laughs> there's a track record going on here. I mean, you have like that. You have uh, Kate, like Kate Lee and Paul Birchall. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the whole again the story that always goes out there about him uh, suggesting that he'd be the father of Stephanie's baby uh, when she got and pregnant. Then saying, if not me, why not Shane? How about Shane? <laughs> and th- yeah, so he does have a weird kind. He has a fascination with the taboo, let's put it that way. Yeah, I mean, whether it's like a shit falling from the ceiling or, you know. He, he does, yeah, he doesn't, have, he doesn't have the same boundaries as certain other people do. And that's probably, that's arguably why the Attitude Era worked as well as he did. It's because he's willing to, especially when under pressure, to push different, to push to different boundaries that other people just wouldn't dare to touch. But yeah, Beaver Cleavage is just, you know, well, the headbangers weren't around anymore one of them was injured and so they had to find something to do with the other guy and so they gave him a character where it was a parody of the leave it to beaver tv show which that is already confusing enough because the time frame that this is happening i mean when i was a kid you know late 80s that i'm born leave it to beaver was already old as fuck what has, has WWE ever shown you in the past that they're current and up to date with the stuff that yeah, right. references? And I would think if anybody was like, okay, well, the, let's try to, you know how like they did in the Attitude Era where they were like, hey, South Park is really big right now. So let's have like the New Age Outlaws reference South Park and stuff. That I get because they're trying to play into what are the kids into these days? Well, they're into South Park and we'll do that or. You know, let's get this, uh, maybe they have no connection to pro wrestling whatsoever, but we'll get this celebrity to pop up and we'll do something fun with them or whatever. This speaks to the very, like, old people in charge where they're like, why don't we do something based off of Leave it to Beaver? The kids will love that shit. And no, that those kids were two generations past Leave it to Beaver, if not more than that. Because when did the, uh, the Beaver Cleavage thing happen? That was like, what? 2000 or something? Uh, 2001, maybe? 90, 99. 99. Yeah, so uh, let me see when Leave It the Beaver was on. Because, uh, I mean, this is the black and white era of TV. So Leave It the Beaver had its final episode in 1963. So they were going. Nah. Yeah. Like, it's fine. Wow, that's crazy. It's the first episode was October 4th, 1957. So you were talking about a show that premiered 52 years before this and they were thinking, oh, that's a, that'll be a trendy hip thing to, 
to parody or something. No, they didn't. But, no, but, yeah. it, it wasn't. It wasn't about making like, oh, this is funny to parody. It's wouldn't it be? It's it's a fucking porn parody. It's mm-hmm. the, the whether it was Russo, Ferrara, McMahon doesn't matter. Pritchard mentioned Sleep the Beaver quite a bit. I think it might have been him. <laughs> somebody enjoyed enjoys porn parodies of of once popular franchises, and let's call a spade a spade here because it, it's definitely a thing. People have weird stepmother kind of kinks, and someone clearly had a mommy kink. And was just yucking it up. I mean, they were ahead of the time based off if you click on any of those things now. Yeah, I, mean, I, like, I don't understand really it. Were. I really don't understand it. You're all fucking weird. Anybody has these things. But like, again, I ask the question about a lot of these things. What the fuck does this have to do with pro wrestling? Why is this a thing? And then, of course, well, he could have been in a video with Val Venus at that time. Nobody did it. It could have been great. They didn't even do a simple layup like that, right? Because the Val Venus character is dumb, but I wouldn't put them anywhere near close to the Mount Rushmore of worst characters because they found a way to make it work in a fun and entertaining way. And it wasn't great. You know, I mean, there's plenty of other people that would be able to do a better character instead of that. But I look at the Beaver Cleavage thing and I'm like, this isn't even funny. This isn't going anywhere. It didn't do anything for either of them. Could you really see a marquee being like, okay, WrestleMania that year? What was the the card for that WrestleMania? That was, um, so you're saying it was 1999. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, Rock and Austin, two characters that are pretty serious and basic as you can get, and uh, you know, you got like the brawl for all is going on in 1999 and you got Kane and you got DX and all and DX is doing funny, you know, parody type stuff, but maybe you make the beaver cleavage thing like one pseudo supposed to be funny segment. And that's it. You don't make it a whole character, bring in another person to play his mom that he's uh, like the fuck. I can excuse Thurman Sparky plug as being dumb, but oh, you got a little bit of history with that. I Let's start getting it. Get STP right? No, they didn't. That's really dumb too. I didn't think about that. Yeah, let's go with the STP thing and then go TSP. Somebody uh, just mix that all up. Yeah, like it's dumb enough that you want to have a character named Thurman Plug. Yeah, it's real fucking badass, right? <laughs> but. Oh, Sparky plug. Okay, maybe we'll do something there. I don't, the Beaver Cleavage thing, I just go like you. I don't know if you're Russo or somebody. Maybe you do one bad segment and you move the fuck on. You don't make that a character. That's, that's continuing. That's pretty much what they did, though, isn't it? Like it only, lasted a, co- it only lasted a couple of weeks, and then yeah, it was. And the cutoff to that is he literally breaks character on TV, saying, "I can't do this." And we're live, Chaz, because this is where we're showing that wrestling is fake again. Mm-hmm. And then he's just Chaz from New Jersey. Mm. Yeah, that's so much yeah, better. And, uh, and you bring him cleavage is, is girlfriend Mariana instead. Yeah. You bring that's that up, though. And that brings up a character called Seven. Hey, there he is. <laughs> I, I feel so bad for Dustin Rhodes. He's got a lot he so that he could go on this list. So bad gimmicks. And you know what? It's weird enough to say, man, Dustin Rhodes has a lot of bad characters that could go on this, but Goldust isn't one of them. Because <laughs> Goldust somehow fucking worked. I don't 
Well, not a big fan of the artist formerly known as Goldust. Wait, he's no, got I, the, you know, the I was weird. Say Goldust worked for a very short time. But it was like, like they managed to take a weird, weird character that on paper makes no sense. And he got a lot of mileage out of that. And he twisted it in some fun ways and all. The seven thing. There's Black Rain. Ugh. But yeah, it was one of the, like, so seven was, like, there were vignettes that were run for a short period of time of a guy with a just completely white face hanging around the windows of children. <laughs> and funny enough, he didn't want to run with it, so they decided on his debut episode, so he basically just kind of said, what, look at this fucking thing I'm wearing, and they want me to... They want me to play this character. Well, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm Dustin Rhodes, the natural, and, you know, just decided to be Dustin Rhodes for the, you know, the six months that WCW had left until it died. Because, again, we're telling people wrestling is fake. Mm. Like, look, we know wrestling is fake. I'm, I'm just sick and tired of it. Like, I, and I hate when they try to do that for a cheap pop on TV. Well, if we're talking about wrestling being fake, let's transition into these two characters because this is a fun little uh, snippet in time frame. The outsiders leave. They go to WCW and WWE decides, but the characters of Razor Ramon and Diesel didn't leave and we're going to get fake Razor and fake Diesel. I can excuse fake Undertaker way more than fake Razor and fake Diesel. And for anybody that's like, oh, but, you know, they turned it into a whole thing about how it wasn't the real ones and, you know, you know that it's fake. No, motherfucker. They did that afterward. They tried to put this as the real Razor and Diesel for a short time frame. They only pivoted after it was like, yeah, this isn't fucking working. So let's just turn into the skid and make it about like that. We're like self parodying in a lot of ways. But for a little bit there, they treated Glenn Jacobs as diesel and they traded whatever the fuck rick bogner i think was his name as uh as razor ramon yeah it's uh again it's just a means of trying to undercut ww signing national hall and yeah basically saying like because especially after uh hall cuts that first promo on nitro which is very akin to uh, his Razor Ramon character, the same sort of style, and probably just in between the legal battles that were ongoing in the background, uh, they decided, okay, we yeah, we still own the characters, and the characters are what people are interested in. They're not actually interested in the the people playing them, so we can just recast them essentially, and everyone will be into it. Turns out, like you know, they don't look like Razor Ramon and Diesel. <laughs> yeah. And people aren't super into that, and they don't talk like Razor Ramon and Diesel. So it's, uh, yeah, it was just a, an experiment that was doomed to fail from the start. But I'm, I'm not going to actually, I wouldn't say, say this is one of the worst of all time just because, you know, it was an attempt and they did pivot in something which, again, was still shit, but at least had a reason behind it. I will so, say they found somebody that looked as close as they possibly could to Scott Hall. Like that guy looks like the knockoff version of him that you would find on the Indies where you see people as like, they're trying to portray the rock and you know, like they well, got as close as they could get when it comes to that, but it, it just wasn't going to work. We want to talk about knockoffs. Can I bring up the renegade? 
<laughs> I forgot about so, Renegade. So, yeah, so essentially WCW decided, hey, we want to have our own uh, own Ultimate Warrior. And so they just bring up this jacked guy and give him yellow and uh, red face paint. And just like, yeah, you're you're our Ultimate Warrior now. And you just do everything Ultimate Warrior does. And I'm surprised WWF didn't sue harder to try and get this guy off screen. But realistically, probably the reason they did it is because Ultimate Warrior was pretty much on the outs towards... Did the he change his name to Warrior yet by that point? Um, no, I think... Uh, well, Renegade essentially fell apart as soon as Warrior came into WCW. And then... That's, I think the last thing Renegade actually did in WCW was that he was the uh, the guy that was in the ring for that War Games match that Warrior was involved in when like the smoke clears and Hogan is like beating a guy up in the middle of the ring. That's Renegade that he's beaten up, but then Warrior then disappears and shows up on the ramp. And that was the whole, you know, because he was magic in WCW. And uh, and and so, yeah, that was... It, it, it's a... Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a history of, especially when there's two major companies going against each other, of one ripping off the other. The same thing can be said of Gilberg. Gilberg, I think it's funny though. Oh yeah, it's, oh yeah, it's a fun parody. Well, so like, I would never put Gilberg there, but like that's that is the age of you know you parody characters in order to try and undercut the other one, and fundamentally it never works. You just you just make yourself look petty. Well, if we're talking about parody things like that, let's bring up Oklahoma. Oh fuck you! That, that was awful, and shame on people for making fun of Jr. having Bell's palsy, and shame on everyone who participated in that, including Doctor Death, who went along with it for some reason. Yeah, I mean, I mean that. Yeah, that is just a purely offensive gimmick towards a guy with a condition that he can't possibly control, mm-hmm. and fundamentally, like both WCW and WWE made a living of just kicking the crap out of uh, JR both literally and figuratively like fucking Dr. Heiney that like, one off thing that Vincent Mann did for that little skit just yeah they just all like, literally I just think everybody that's employed JR just hated him <laughs> and they just, yeah. it just, it, you just, it just radiates across it. And like, he's currently under somebody who doesn't hate him, but like, everyone hates him because he, he's old now and he doesn't commentate like he used to. But that's <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, that's a, that, that's just a royally offensive character. Yeah. And that could be in that, uh, that icky, uh, <laughs> offensive type yeah, yeah, things. Very much so. Uh, stop me if you want to talk more about them, but I think that they're pretty self explanatory. The Yeti. The Yeti. And uh, the, the Missing Link. <laughs> missing Link is fine. Different era. Like, those are... that That's in that, like, Mantar, Gobbledygooker, Creature Animal type range. Uh, I don't think that even, like, a character like Berserker is like, no, it's just... It's dumb, but it's it's not worse gimmicks. It's just they thought they could do a fucking Viking and... I mean, fundamentally, they, like the Viking Raiders nowadays. Yeah, they're, they're pretty character. much that. So it's like, yeah, that's on the list for a lot of people. It's like, yeah, Berserker was dumb, but whatever. It's, I think Battle Cat's worse and Arachnaman's worse. Um, there's Oz. Mm. That's bad because it's Kevin Nash and he's better than that. <laughs> there's the Kiss Demon. Yeah. Still making money off of it. Really? Yeah. Yep. Well, TNA hired him a little while ago, so it's like, <laughs> <laughs> impacted. 
Uh, I wouldn't put Glacier and Mortis and Wrath on here. They were trying to copy off of Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah, it's another ripoff thing. Just not of the re- another wrestling company. Yeah. So I think if if that gimmick wouldn't have occurred smack dab in the middle of the NWO, like if they would have gotten it in like two years Mortal before one, or Mortal something, Kombat two time, I think they might have had something on their hands. Mm-hmm. But what a jarring contrast that was to the NWO, man. And it's really not that much different than just a generic luchador type thing if you make a couple tweaks. Like, if you've got a guy in a mask and you call him Mortis and he's a good luchador and it's a cool mask, there you go. It's fucking whatever. But when you try to do a whole, like, okay, this this guy's Glacier and he's got superpowers like Sub-Zero and all, yeah, you start deviating away from that. But I could see, like, you know, Raph. Yeah, a decent enough name for a character. Um, speaking of this, uh, I got a good name for a character. Do you know what relic spelled backwards is? I'm surprised it's taken this this long to restart with some DNA <laughs> ones. Uh, what is wait? What, what's relic, what's relic spelled backwards? Uh, F U. <laughs> what, <it> <laughs> what a dumb idea. I'm trying to actually look to see like some like TNA ones to see which ones uh, stood out to me. Black Rain. We talked about gold. Yeah, like yeah, Black, Black Rain. Rain. Yeah. Uh, the Johnsons. Oh, for that matter, we can yeah. do a whole list of the uh, the Ding Dongs and the uh, the Dicks and yeah, <laughs> how many different <laughs> team names are like well, penis. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, yeah, the and Vince is like, I want to tag them up with my daughter. Like, <laughs> Now this weird character well called the uh, the governor, which was Daphne, and they were just doing a, a parody of Sarah Palin. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is like, I mean, during that time frame and all, like that oddly worked much better than it should have. Mm. I'm trying to look at some other ones that oh, Claire Lynch. Oof. So it's like again, I don't know where it's technically a gimmick, it's just a like a badly put out character. It's just like, yeah, that's that's tell a whole like six month arc about the fact that AJ Styles is an adulterer. Mm. The bad gimmick revolving around a bad story in that sense. There's probably so many other TNA ones that I'm not even aware of, but like uh, another game that just popped in my mind, we're talking about WCW, but I thought he was fun at the time was Disco Inferno. It's a weird gimmick. It's not a Mount it's Rushmore. Fun now. Fuck Disco Inferno. Yeah, well, fuck Glenn Gilbert. <laughs> Disco Inferno was a fun little stupid comedic jobber back then. Uh, His theme song was catchy and all. I wouldn't put him in the Mount Rushmore, of course. Uh, One I wouldn't potentially, but like I think this one definitely needs to mention is uh, Mike Orson in WCW had two awful gimmicks, which was the Fat Chick Thriller. What? His whole gimmick was yeah, yeah, his gimmick was Fat Chick Thriller, which was the whole gimmick was. He fucks fat women. Jesus Christ! That, is, that was his gimmick. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Did he at least? No, did he at least no, do then, something like that on the air? Like, what's he with like a Bertha Faye type? And it was like, you yeah, know, he would, oh. he, would come, he would come to the ring accompanied by bigger women, just different big women. It's basically like like uh, the, the Godfather, but for like yeah, for, for larger women. <laughs> Yeah. Did he have I mean, a finisher that was like the the BBW something or other? Like you know, kind of... <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. But um, his other gimmick was that seventies guy. 
Michael. Which is, which is tremendous. Was that before or after that 70s show started? No, it's smack dab in the middle. Uh, it's, but okay. it's yeah, smack dab yeah, during it. Yeah. So at least they were recent. But they should just, have uh, yeah, had his theme be the hanging out. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they got yeah. some generic version of that. Yeah. His whole gimmick was just, yeah, he dresses like he's from the 70s and he was in a like a, you know, a hippie tour bus going from place to place. Oh, if you bring that up, let's talk about Adam Rose. Oh, be a oh, lemon, Tony. Oh, oh. He, I, I just, he, like, I, what were they, what were they going for? He was just a fucking, he was a guy who went out of time. Yeah. He was the life of the party, and he was just always trying to go after people that were being a lemon. Would try and stop that party. Yeah, be a lemon. Yeah. I just don't know how they looked at a character like that and thought that's a baby face right there. People will like him because I would think of the first thing that immediately popped in my mind when that character started. I was like, I want to punch this dude in the face. Like this is a well, this is a all, heel you, for sure. Well, first of all, you're 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 a lemon. <laughs> no, I'm a mango. I'm setting you up for that one. And the NXT universe of Full Sail University fucking loved Adam Rose. I think they liked the idea of like the fun party atmosphere and all. And it's a shame that yeah, no way also, Jose didn't come first with that. Cause I think it would have worked out better for him. Yeah. But that's the thing is like the whole gimmick was built around a guy that would be, you know, maybe a, like an opening match guy that gets the crowd a little bit. So it like, does the little chipping, but you say he's just, he was, his character was inherently obnoxious too much. Yeah. He was obnoxious and it was like unlikable and so they immediately well, say it didn't take long for them to start turning on him my, my main thing about uh adam rhodes is like what was so bad about leo krug that they decided to mm-hmm. change his gimmick i just don't know what was so it's bad just, about that it character as well i guess for some of them yeah, they probably they, they, saw some kind of like russell brand thing and then they were like let's try to do something with that oh you look probably closer to him than anybody else mm-hmm. on the roster let's go with you instead of like the oliver what was the guy's name? Oliver something or other. He was a tag team champion around that time frame. Oliver Gray. Oliver, Oliver Gray, Gray, where he was just like a dude, you know? Like mm. They probably looked at him and said, you look kind of like that Russell Brand thing. Maybe you should do something. The Russell Brand thing, like he's a creature or something. Kind of is. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. and has he done anything just... the past like 10 years? Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, is he still popular? I don't remember uh, if he... Perry? Was Kay Perry in the last 10 years? He did. Uh, no. Oh, he did. He did. Uh, I don't know if that was the last 10 years anymore. Uh, but, uh, no, probably about that. Uh, Apparently, he's 47 years old now. Uh, and his filmography says, what was the last movie that he worked on here? I hate he how I'm. Do, he definitely doesn't do movies anymore. IMDb just does not have the right uh, layout anymore. All right. So he, oh, he's still working here and there. I mean, he's uh, he's been in four movies that were in 2022 or seen no actually they're not all movies never mind he was in death in the nile i don't fucking remember that at all he did a voice on like the minions rise of Gru, so he's done some parts here and there but not too much uh, (laughs) it seems like he's getting a job every like two years or so but Uh, like the mentioning of um uh adam rose to gives a bit more efficient to talk about some more like recent bad gimmicks um retribution yeah retribution sucked and that it could have been good they would have had yeah. any kind of a plan whatsoever and they didn't give them the dumbass names and those stupid masks 
it's like fundamental it's just like like i'd say an invasion angle can work but i just don't think i think no decision they made in terms of trying to get them over worked i can't remember one thing they did that actually improved retribution over time they were dead in the water almost immediately because it was the pandemic it was the beginnings of a lot of high tension in the United States. And they introduced this group before they even debuted by saying, hi, everyone. Again, going back to the wrestling is fake thing. Hi, everyone. We're going to be doing a gimmick tonight on Raw. And we just want you to know it's not political. And then they proceeded to do basically, you know, a rioting protest kind of deal. And it it was the right idea, wrong time, and God, they couldn't have found people with more muscular build. Yeah, it looked like twelve year olds were ransacking the performance center. There was a lot of good in the early days of that, and I think there could have been so many uh, cool things to come out of that, and then they didn't. Because if you say we're going to get a bunch of people to ransack raw and smackdown they're going to take over and it's going to be like this uh this riot gone wrong type thing you're like okay i'm kind of interested who you have in mind is the leader of this group what is their purpose for it why are they attacking people why uh are the other followers joining this person what's the end game are they going to factor this into survivor series and how do you do the brand split with this and all these questions that if they would have mapped this out ahead of time it could have potentially worked but instead they took it into this like let's throw whatever random people we can get to go out there and to just be like oh yeah we took off a ring rope we're such badasses and a chainsaw (laughs) right and then your big like reveal after all this time is that you're gonna name characters things like t-bar which if you just do a quick urban dictionary thing the first thing that pops up is that it's slang for a thong and then you go uh slapjack go ahead and check out the urban dictionary thing when it comes to that (laughs) it's something that i'm sure if i mention on here uh, i'll get the youtube algorithm saying that this is like a problematic thing and all but like you take a character like mercedes martinez and a character like mia yim and you're like we're gonna go with we're already naming the, the group something dumb with retribution. It's too bland and generic. But one of you is going to be Reckoning, and the other one's going to be... Oh, God, what was the other one? I'm blanking on that. It was another R name. Retaliation. Retaliation. Like, So you mean to tell me that somebody didn't just spend about six minutes. They went on dictionary.com. They went to the thesaurus section and typed in, like, Vengeance. And they were like, okay, retribution, uh, reckoning, uh, retaliation. And other people was like, I don't know, but fucking T-bar. <laughs> they tried to retroactively give it these explanations of like, I'll give you a mask and a different name because that's what it's somehow supposed to t- tie into Mustafa Ali and like racism but they, and stuff. They, but they tried. And the thing is, I will give them all the credit in the world for the effort that they put into trying to do that. And then WWE just didn't want to go with it because Ali was doing the hacker thing and he tried to tie it into that. And 
ultimately, I look back on retribution and I see it as the biggest failure of the pandemic was you could have created any new stars. In the same way that you put Braun Strowman in the main event of WrestleMania, you could have created five or to seven new stars for retribution. And then you just didn't. It's talk a about, shame. You want to talk about Heidenreich? <laughs> he oh. raped a guy. <laughs> he, he fucked a guy in a bathroom stall. Yeah. That was. That um, was but, um, well, that's uh, that's one part. But another thing is that originally the pitch was that he was a, an unfrozen Nazi. Oh, so yeah, that was that was the link to it. The idea of um, I think he was the one that was uh, pitched as being. Uh, I can't remember what the guy's name would have been. But essentially, yeah, he would have been an unfrozen Nazi managed by the Jewish Paul Heyman. So it could have been worse. And they just debuted him him as John Heidenreich on Raw, teaming with like Trish Stratus and stuff. Wasn't he also like talking about his friend, the little Johnson or something? He's talking about his penis. Like, no, I I I think he was literally like the the precursor to little Jimmy. Really, you think that they were just there that far back? Well, you think you think that? Uh, well, first of all, WWE definitely rehashes ideas, mm-hmm. and secondly, like I don't think the idea of like a weird guy with an imaginary friend character is that uh, is that out of is that is that out there really? Um, but yeah, then he turns into Hyde and Reich as just a crazy guy that recites poetry. And yeah, I mean, you can't really actually because they were around at the same time. I don't think you can really mention Heidenreich without also mentioning Gene Snitsky. Snitsky's a funny character. He has two. He had two predominant gimmicks. One was a guy who caused a woman to have an abortion and uh, punted a baby. (laughs) Yeah, punted a baby. And then, and then once they decided that that could only run for so long once uh once kane had been busy wiping the floor with him uh he reverts to the gimmick of foot fetish guy that's a real thing by the way mm. Not a gimmick. yeah <laughs> they should have been tony atlas's gimmick yeah exactly yeah <laughs> but uh but yeah so uh, two guys two weird gimmicks i mean fucking uh hide right turned into a road warrior by the end of his run yeah weird right how that works the out the thing about snitsky to me is he debuts as like a job guy. who's just fed to Kane. And he's a job guy who is getting his ass kicked, uh, retaliates by hitting Kane in the back with a chair. Kane falls over onto Lita. Um, and the miscarriage. And suddenly that makes Nitsky a bad guy because he was getting uh, attacked by the seven foot. Pyromaniac who who murdered his parents and <laughs> murdered his parents. You're believed that he had raped Lita, but now they're actually cool. So now we're sad that the baby's not gonna be a thing. Fucking again, 2004, 2005, they were just throwing shit at the wall. <laughs> uh, here's a quick uh, mention. Um, I don't think that it's anywhere near to put uh, on the Mount Rushmore, but um, at least we're talking about mountains. There's Man Mountain Rock. <laughs> like a big dude with a guitar. There you go. It's the end of it. It's yeah. unoffensive to me. It's just it's dumb, but whatever. Oh, um, oh offensive. Naked Midian. Naked, Naked Midian's the one I had right underneath it. If you would have been able to see my screen, that was the next it's thing I was going to mention. Though. There's nudist colonies. 
this is such a dumb gimmick. Why do you take, I mean, well, okay, look, let's put it this way. Why do you take a, a, a weird looking fat guy and make him a streaker? Because it made Vince McMahon laugh. We know oh, why he they did rolling. it. He would have been rolling on the floor every time Nike Midian came. Yeah, out. you would have heard that belly, that big uh, belly laugh for sure. But that's the why they did it for popping Vince. Why are we watching it? <laughs> I think that's I think that's the same exact reason. Like, he's brought in as Phineas I. Godwin pig. for Pig to go with Hog of Henry O. Godwin. <laughs> And that's, that's funny. That's the best. Yeah. I fucking love the Godwins. I thought that that was great. And that's, that's a funny enough gimmick that like a lot of these on paper, some of them can work. And then when you see them in execution, they're bad or on paper, some of them sound ridiculous and then they kind of work. And I'm like, at the time frame, back when things were a little bit sillier and all, and you had like the smoking guns come out with the gun, the little cap guns and all. Phineas I. Godwin, Henry O. Godwin, the Godwin's hog and pig, I thought was fucking great. It's just subtle enough <laughs> for this type of crowd that you can get away with it to be like, oh, that's funny. It's hog and pig or their acronyms and stuff. But you take him into the acolytes and the whole ministry of darkness and all. And that's one thing that he becomes renamed Midian and he's got the third eye and all that. And that's not working at all. But then you decide that he's just going to be a fat schlub that's running around with his balls hanging out. I don't know if I'd put Nikki Midian on the Mount Rushmore, but I know it's at least close to that because <laughs> this is dumb. I hated it. This is during that time frame where I was like, yeah, I'm, I don't think I'm going to watch wrestling anymore. <laughs> and uh, lo and behold, Took a couple of years off. Not specifically because of Naked Midian, but it was certainly a factor in that of being like, I don't find this fun. Golga is around that time frame. I mean, yeah, but that's all part of the oddities. And, and fundamentally, like the oddities were all, were all to a degree over, so I, I wouldn't class them as a bad gimmick. If you want to hear us watch an ICP movie, go yeah. check out Fanboys Anonymous, Big Money Wrestlers. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that was a part of the Pick Your Poison. So, <laughs> thank you for that one. Uh, Golga was a weird character, though. I mean, it's a, you got John Tenta going out there with a Cartman shirt and a mask that's supposed to show that he's got, like, a big growth on his head, like a horn. So, he was originally, if you believe Bruce Pritchard, which, that's your disclaimer, um, he was originally supposed to be, like, some tortured soul who had, like, a weird growth. And then they just made it some guy who likes Cartman. Like, <laughs> like where's the <laughs> where's the through line there that gets from one point A to point B? <laughs> now I just watched uh, the Goonies for the first time a couple weeks ago. It was one of those blind spot movies that I hadn't gotten around to until recently. And uh, that one character um, that's underground and all, like, okay, that's <laughs> is that their inspiration for Golga? Kind of. I never heard Golga say, hey, you guys, though. Potentially. Like Sloth is Golga, just with a mask on. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, as I, I think they were over, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't put them that far down. You said uh, far down, and it reminded me of this one. Farting Natalia. 
see, actually, I was going to start bringing this up as well. It's the fact that we haven't actually mentioned that many women on this. Because uh, I think it's actually an indictment on not just WWE, but a lot of promotions booking of women is that there aren't that many bad women's gimmicks. And that seems like it would be a bit of a counterintuitive thing. But actually, it's because the women don't actually have gimmicks. Mm-hmm. There's basically and- three gimmicks that are out there for women's wrestlers. You have the nasty, mean girl bitch. Mm-hmm. which sometimes crosses over with another one, which is quite literally hot chick. <laughs> and you're like, all right, that's it. You're just hot. Okay. Well, you know, 99% of them are. And then you get the, I'm a super serious wrestler who wants to be different from the other two. And a subdivision of that is now the, I'm an AJ Lee fan. I I want to be the AJ Lee of like you know the Page right. and Roxanne Perez and Core Jade and all yeah. them. They they all fit in some sort of category. So, so yeah, it's either it, like it's yeah, the all chick and the and the mean girl. We do this all the time. Yeah, the, the all chicks and the mean, mean girls. Girl, the like the girl next door type vibe character that type of thing. And so that's just that's just the way that they've always operated. And that's why we're not actually we haven't mentioned that many women. Fighting Talia is obviously a big one because like as I. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not her biggest fan, and I don't think yeah. that like she ha- she has very little personality, or at least that doesn't it doesn't project on screen. I'm sure she like is a very nice person behind the scenes, but it's just a case of she doesn't exude a lot of character on screen. But you don't correct that by making her fart all the time. That's not going to get her over. For anybody who wasn't watching during that time frame, we're not even exaggerating here. Her gimmick was. They showed her, it was like a five-week thing or something. So it wasn't even just one bad segment where she would be like backstage doing like squats or something. And they would be interviewing her or whatever. And then she would fart, get embarrassed, and run away. She must have farted in front of Vince, right? Or maybe it was another fetish thing that somebody had. You can't rule out that at any point that it could have been somebody having that kind of fetish. Add here, she was not only was she farting, but she was like the third wheel of the combination of Hornswoggle and the Great Collie. She was like their handler that was like, you know, would like carry and not carry them to the ring, but like escort them to the (laughs) ring to be like, yeah, because she couldn't carry (laughs) fucking Great Collie. But like, she would basically like it, it gave off a very like eugene-esque kind of vibe to it to me which was it's not good either but it was like you know like okay like let's go to the ring now kind of you know and yay and meanwhile you're supposed to assume that she's just like she's super smiley and she's you know kind of toting them to the ring and all and you're assuming that she's probably farting down the ramp because that's what she's doing these days and natty hasn't had great characters she's mostly just been natalia neidhart but when they try to inject some character into her this is not the way to do it she could very easily just have been like oh i'm this like submission expert or something and you'd go in that direction farting we're gonna go in the dominatrix direction with her that might not have been all that bad it might not have been great because uh pj and cesaro actually got over so she ended up being the third wheel to their pairing but you know Farting Natty did suck. I'm trying to some other uh, women's ones. Ones that spring to mind would probably be... Um, I mean, Bertha Faye is still kind of Oh, yeah, Bertha Faye in particular. Yeah, Bertha Faye yeah, is a bad one. 
I'd say you're potentially looking at um, Hervina. You want to throw that in there? <laughs> Not a woman, but no, yeah. No. But I mean, as uh, far as like bad women's gimmicks, <laughs> his gimmick was. Yeah, he said he's he's a woman in this uh, regard, and let's make him the champion and all. We want to add Santina Morella to that. Santina, list yeah. <laughs> Best um, thing Trump ever did was fire Santina. Jillian uh, Hall, this like the Britney Spears knockoff. Stuff. No, that wasn't bad. What was bad was the thing on her face. The mole. Oh, yeah, the mole, that, uh, mole lady. Boogeyman eats. Yeah. Oh, that's disgusting. Um, Emelina? <laughs> the Emelina character... I mean, it's funny the, in retrospect, but like at the time, it was just infuriating because, like, it's like the, well, at least with uh, Veer, we had Veer is coming constantly, and that was like yeah. this, the, the fun <laughs> thing that we could always come back to. And eventually but, came uh, on Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah, Von Wagner is happy about that. But it was just like, yeah, she was like, she was just saying for literally, it was like it seventeen weeks or something. Yeah, it felt like half a year of just her going, yeah, Emelina debut soon or. Emelina unveils soon or something on those lines. She comes out in an evening gown, says, "Yeah, I don't want to be Emelina anymore. I'm coming back as Emma." And then it's just like, and then yeah, she was fired like, like months later. Well, after like that, three anyway. months after that or something. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's really so, sad. I was just like, okay, how many weeks uh, was Emelina? It was 17 weeks. How the fuck do I remember that it was 17 what? weeks? I probably wrote up enough articles about being like. This has been going on for this amount of time. I probably burned that into my brain. 17 the funny weeks. Thing- is that the real life person, Tennille Dashwood, basically ended up living like Emelina? Like, she was traveling, she was just doing that thing. That could have been a much better character for her now. But yeah, she just clearly wasn't into it and just was like, I, I don't want to do this. Like, I guess it's good in hindsight that they didn't force her to go through with it. It is kind of um, weird, though. Like you said, that she has a character that's basically like, look at my body in a bikini. I'm going to be one of the nasty bitch girls. And then she, you know, immediately comes out and goes, Nope, not doing it. Kind of like seven, kind of like the whole, uh, we're going to set up Rodus clay. He's going to return. And then he's the Funkasaurus and all, but they like doing that just to like troll people. But then, yeah, she starts like practically her past couple of years has been like, look at my Instagram. (laughs) uh, She hasn't had any, gimmick beyond that she comes back to wwe however many months or a year ago or whatever it was and she's just a person she's got no and the most character that she's gotten since she's come back to wwe is that she is fucking riddick moss you know she won her first match on an episode of main event like her first match was that she won was the match with roxanne and she's come back mm. I'm trying to think. The final woman one that woman one that I had in mind is one that honestly isn't brought up enough, and that's mainly because like AEW does things well for the most part, and we're not mentioned. We haven't mentioned much about AEW on this one, and frankly, they don't have a lot of terrible gimmicks. They don't really have a whole lot of gimmicks to begin with, yeah. No, yeah, true, but like the librarian. But, no, the the librarian's one of, well potentially one of them. But I thought it was just like that's just inoffensive. One that stands out to me is the Nightmare Collective. Oh my god. See, I don't know. I wouldn't go with like a bad gimmick for them. I just thought that this was a kind of worthless faction. Because what was the gimmick really? They were just a, a group of people that Brandy Rhodes was like, here are my mean girls, without being like the the Lindsay Lohan mean girls type. What you know? It, what it what it was meant to be some 
element of the cultist stuff because they had Luther and they would always do the thing of like cutting people's hair off and do some like weird backstage segments surrounding it and Randy would always dress in like black and red and like as I say it was like just this weird counterintuitive thing because she was portraying this kind of not like semi-supernatural but overall evil character while her husband was the most over baby face in the company and she would accompany him to the ring still and it's like but it's more just like the overall illogical nature of it that really stands out to me i think unfortunately poor brandy was snake bit throughout the entire AEW. like every time she tried to do something it ended up not working out for her is heels even a thing anymore it is i Hmm. believe uh, it's one of the things that amanda huber Runs now. I know she was running it with Leva Bates, but that won't be happening anymore. Mm. Um, you mentioned the librarian, so I thought that was kind of a funny send up on a lot of those things. That was like speaking yeah. to the the meta idea of AEW. Sometimes AEW's whole persona is we're making fun of pro wrestling and the young bucks and all. They kind of play into that, but I think AEW's in a much better place now that they've gotten largely away from that kind of stuff i think so too to an extent i mean some of that stuff still carries over but yeah you know for a little bit there the uh all the dark characters that they tried to portray in aew they had a lot that they were throwing out there hoping that any of them would stick because remember when dark order was like the super smash brothers with a bunch of god what did they call those mooks it was like the creepers yeah and that was like supposed to be really serious, and then eventually they turn into a bunch of fucking uh, numb skulls, and that's so they, much they better. They got there, like like I thought Brody Lee was in his best when he was the leader of the Dark Order. You know, unfortunately, he ended up passing, and I think a lot of the pandemic led to a lot of the comedic stuff as well. But yeah, like the Dark Order just ended up being a, a silly bunch of guys. Um, you know, you guys mentioned the Nightmare Collective. AEW really doesn't do gimmicks well. Like, like Max is a gimmick, MJF. But he, he plays that like it's an extension of himself. Yeah, and a lot uh, of those gimmicks are really just essentially inflated versions of normal people. So, to me, like, you know, the Rocky Johnson or Rocky Maivia thing becoming The Rock it's not really a gimmick gimmick in my mind. It is, but if you say pro wrestling gimmick, I tend to think more like Undertaker types and more, you know, Isaac Yankum and, and all rather than Stone Cold Steve Austin as the badass the with the, master. you know, whatever. Yeah, Ringmaster, another, like, uh, that didn't work. <laughs> but we would have, in another world, we would have talked about Chili McFreeze <laughs> could have been another one of the worst gimmicks of all time. Shark Boy, for that matter, was fun in TNA. <laughs> I feel like there's some major ones that were missing, but it, it it's hard. It's hard to know which ones really stand out and which ones are just like, eh, it's dumb, but it's wrestling. You know? Yeah, I do feel like there's probably so Scripts. many. Oh, my God. We can't, oh, end this. <laughs> <laughs> we can't get out of here without talking about scripts. <laughs> Fuck scripts. <laughs> I'm gonna write scripts down uh, on this list too. Uh, they haven't shown scripts since the Axiom unmasking thing. What's it been? Two weeks? 
two weeks, maybe three at this point. But maybe the character is done. I don't know. Uh, Scripps is. He's won a lot of end of the year awards for us <laughs> and not for the good ones. Oh, Alexa Bliss. With the whole Bray Wyatt thing. Yeah. That's oh yeah, I, I think I, I I don't think we should ignore both the Fiend and Alexa for this as well. This might sound weird, considering how much I am like more than anybody the one that hates this stuff. I wouldn't remotely consider them on the Mount Rushmore. I wouldn't consider the Fiend. I would. I think you took a character in Bliss that was very sure of herself, and you tried to do something fun with her. And she has never clicked in the same way ever again. The goddess Alexa Bliss was one of the top four or five women they had for a while. And it just feels like we're so far removed from that. I think that's like, I probably would have pitched something like, Oh, why don't we try to do like a Harley Quinn type character? Because she's super popular and, you know, you got like this attractive blonde and this attractive blonde and you can maybe play around with that. And she's into horror stuff a lot. So it's like you get into that a little bit. I probably would have pitched something similar to that. But my issue with it is that they they never really executed the storylines all that well. And then they just continue to keep doing that and they run it down into a fucking into the ground. It's early and we don't know how if they're going to come back or how they're going to come back. But can we throw honorable mention uncle howdy out there <laughs> just as in like it was a thing and then it disappeared and where are we now we still don't even know what this magical illness is that's keeping bray wyatt away like that there's no information about that and i don't know it's very weird to me that's why i kind of instead of focusing on wyatt i i turned to howdy because on the off chance that Ray Wyatt cannot come back, this Howdy thing was very strange. But maybe the, I, my hope is that they both come back and that they get the chance to do it right. But you never know. I just want old school Bray Wyatt back. But whatever. Guess I'm not going to get that. <laughs> uh,. If we do have others that we haven't thought about, we'll bring them up. If like somebody's like, oh, you know what? And I forgot about that. But I think we should start trying to settle on our Mount Rushmore's because we're already two hours into this podcast. <laughs> there are so many bad gimmicks, my God. Um, so I'm doing a screen share with the guides right now. I'm not doing it for the video itself just because it's, it's messy and you guys don't need to see it. But um, I got a screen share up for Robin Callum so we can look at this list that I had been writing down some of these names. We will settle on a Mount Rushmore of just the, like the definitive four. But usually when we do this, one of the good ways to play into that is to kind of break down those little subdivisions. So I do think we can get a Mount Rushmore of the job ones. We could definitely get that going. And we got a lot of options here. We got some that probably we are forgetting about, but we got Tugboat, I take Yankum, TL Hopper, Duke Drowsy, Fryer Ferguson. It's kind of a job, you know, whatever. Uh, Repo Man, Ape Knuckleball Schwartz, The Goon, IRS, Thurman Sparky Plug. If we go with the job squad, 
with, without the job squad, but you know, the job people <laughs> for that matter. I think Al Snow was a fun character. If anybody's wondering about that. And I think right to censor was a fun gimmick. Um, it would be your Ford job Mount Rushmore ones. Yankum. Yeah, Yankum will be one. Uh, it's probably go, three votes for that. <laughs> I'd go uh, the the goon personally for one of the. I'd go Duke the dumpster Jersey. Um, I, I guess Teal Hopper would be one of the big ones as well because it's just like he didn't have the great look as well as being a silly gimmick. Um, there's Skinner. I, 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 not... There's like I mean, we're there's so many more. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't even talk about Skinner. Um, or nails. I don't know. I guess a job's not a prisoner, but stuff. Yeah. Like but but um, nails but, bad uh, character and all that. A uh, bad uh, performer and all. But I don't think that the character is all that bad to be like. Let's bring in a prison guy, and you know he's you know he's sent to prison because well, he's, he's like, there so just awful. a feud with the big boss. Yeah, it's, the it's very one dimensional. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, I can't really think of too many other ones. Like we got the Repo Man, we got Friar Ferguson, we got Tugboat. Uh, I mean, we got three votes for Yankum. He's one of the four for sure. Um, I wouldn't pick the Goon. I would pick T.L. Hopper as being one of them because really, the toilet lid Hopper. That's the character you're going to go with in pro wrestling. I mean, if you're counting yeah. Tugboat as a job, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fundamentally saying Tugboat's not going on any Mount Rushmore. So. <laughs> Uh, well that's fair um so that's at least two votes for tl hopper um i mean thurman sparky plug friar ferguson repo man uh maybe there there might be some more um oh dean douglas oh my god dean douglas is another but how do you take shane the the franchise shane douglas and make him a teacher and then Bomb so hard. Oh, Reverend Devon. Reverend Devon, Simon Dean, there's the Dicks, uh from Ferguson, Skinner. The Mountie's not bad. I mean, this is Fantasio. <laughs> uh the Dumpster, okay. Doink the Clown. I was Doink the Clown number one. You suck. Who wrote that? Wordster, you suck. Uh, let's see, yeah, Shockmaster and all that. So I'm not coming across a whole lot of other ones, at least for right now. But um, let's see what this list is. Maybe they have a different one. I mean, on you here. could technically put we could technically put the Shockmaster in this one because he was he you did then try an electrician after that. Or yeah, whatever. Uh, I forgot that they had that part of that. I would put him in like a separate category though, because uh, originally he came out as just the Shockmaster, not you know spinning in that. Um. Duke Jersey's a bad gimmick. He's a he's a garbage man. What's going on there? If I'm gonna fill in those other two spots, I think out of the list that we've got going on here, I probably would go Fryer Ferguson because I don't know where that comes into pro wrestling. And then I would be considering with Tugboat, but if we don't go with Tugboat, then I would probably go Repo Man more than Duke Jersey. I mean, I mean, I'm not, I'm not the gonna fight it well they're gonna fight too hard for these ones <laughs> what are your thoughts rob if we got yankum we got teal hopper what are the other two that you would go with i would go with Josie, and uh, i mean if you ask me to choose between ferguson and repo it's ferguson so ferguson's in there then repo man or Drosy. uh make a pick Callum. 
Uh, probably Repo Man. All right, so we got Repo, Repo, Repo Man, uh, and Fry Ferguson, and T.L. Hopper, and Isaac Yank of DDS, at least as part of the job ones. I give Barry Darso all the credit in the world because you would have never convinced me that just like a year or two before he was one of the top wrestlers in the company as Smash. Like, it's weird, right? You would have never gotten me to think that. So on the creature and animal side, we got Gobbledygooker, we got Mantar. <laughs> I don't think that there's going to be any arguments for those two being on there. What about some other two? Uh, we got the Yeti, we got the Missing Link, we got Oz. You can kind of classify in that way in some fashion. Uh, if you wanted to, you could throw a Red Rooster in there, even though he's not technically supposed to be a rooster. Um, you could get into, like, I guess, like a Giant Gonzalez type, because he's supposed to be like a big Yeti monster thing. A bit of Rachnaman in this one. Rachnaman. Yeah, a Rachnaman. Ooh did that <laughs> someone who clearly watched Spider-Man and thought yeah we'll, we'll, we'll just do this um I, I think the Yeti just for that moment of just him hugging uh, yeah Hulk Hogan it's, with, it's so with, bad uh, giant is just yes yeah, the so aggressive uh, backwards hugging of Hulk Hogan yeah. <laughs> um and then the other one like I'm not so sure about even the missing link or Oz I mean there's they're dumb gimmicks but I don't think they really stand out that much there's Santa Claus Oh, yeah. Was that really a creature? Kind of. <laughs> Did you see him? <laughs> to a degree. Well, yeah, he looks he looks yeah. weird in that regard. Um, so, Gobbledygooker Mantor. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that fits into that kind of bracket. Um, the Pug? I don't remember What's the Pug. his name? Yeah, it's just one that I was just like had listed on my thing. If we go to Adam Rose, we could have the bunny as one of them as well. Eh, I thought the bunny was fine. We'll put Battle Cat, Battle Cat in there. <laughs> Battle Cat, another like Max Moon type, and mm. um, I mean, Max Moon was a weird creature thing. I mean, I mean, also, we'd want to put something like the Boogeyman on it as well. Yeah, I was gonna say we could put like Olga on there as like a creature like esque sort of thing. Uh, what the zombie? Oh, the zombie. That stupid ECW one-off thing, because they were on the sci-fi network that decided, oh, yeah, we'll just put a zombie on one episode and have him be beat up by the Sandman. I think we might have to put zombie in there. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. Just because they were on sci-fi, that's entirely the reason that yeah. they were like, why don't you put like, a zombie in there or something? It's so dumb. Right. Um, I'd have you those for. Yeah, I'm good with that. Uh do we go with purely racist ones or do we go parody or do we go icky or do we make three separate ones? What do we go in that? Um, Cause we got to get what, like the Eugene and stuff in there. Why don't we go with, um, offensive. We, or we something? Define it. Define them was like, yeah, it's offensive or red flags or something like that. Uh, that would be okay. So I think, I think fundamentally, Cohen White. Is, yeah, cancelled. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, Cohen White is the definitive one for me to go on that one. Cohen White's got to go on there. Uh, again, it, it kind of depends on if you want to, because we. It's sad that we have enough that we could be like, we could do Cohen White, Akeem, the Mexicools, and another one as purely racist, and then have like Eugene Festus and whatever has like, and uh, Oklahoma, 
as like a, you know, it's so bad that we have this <laughs> this option. Uh, I mean, I mean, I'd probably go with even though I think that he put his all in the character. Just the fact, just Eugene is just not is not a good look nowadays. Just like that, that interpretation of what special is. Um, I'd say, I'd say, I'd say, Akeem should go on it as well. Just again, just very uh, appropriational. Um, the other one I'm probably leaning to is probably Oklahoma, just because Jim Oklahoma Rock is such a, super offensive. Yeah, he's just I, such a beloved figure, and the fact they made Oklahoma like WCW cruiserweight champion as well. <laughs> I wouldn't put the Mexicals in just because I think that they they played around with it. It's, again, it's it's definitely offensive and it's definitely not what you should be doing with your Mexican wrestlers. But it's a case of I think they just played into it well enough. I may, I mean, if we were to have uh, Kerwin White, Akeem, the Mexicals, and a fourth one under the racist side of it, what's the fourth one under the specifically racist? Right. Um, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, it depends on what interpretations you want to put on it. Because uh, again, it's one of those things that they're sadly like all of the Asian uh, wrestlers ended up being like you know parodies of like you got Kung Fu Naki and all be, like, yeah, and you got uh, Akira Tozawa playing up that kind of element, and um, maybe like uh. Maybe like Kamala being into there a little bit. Um, so you could def- you could potentially do something with um, uh, Papa Shango. See, I don't think Papa like Shango is quite as I bad. I like living like that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that's quite as bad. I would think more of who are the people that were with Kamala. I'm blanking on them. Um, uh, oh, uh, Kimchi and Kimchi uh, and like like that group of like the savage idea like that we got all these samoans that came out there and it was like oh well you're clearly like we're gonna call you the head shrinkers and all like i feel a little bit more offended not necessarily like i have the right to be offended uh i'm not part of that culture but like kamala to me is more offensive and kimchi and all than than papa shango so a few coming to mind now no no, i'm just i'm just literally just for racist gimmicks (laughs) um so, a couple that I've got on the radar is Harlem Heat's original gimmick, which was them coming out in chains led by Colonel Rob Parker. Imagine putting two black guys in chains being led by. <laughs> then yeah. the other two, then, <laughs> then the other two that stand out are Subba Simba, <laughs> which is Tony Atlas, you know, being being a, a very big stereotype. Going back to his African tribal gear roots. And Muhammad Hassan. It was an Italian guy pretending to be an mm. evil Arab. You know, the thing with Hassan for me is some people probably really wanted to hear that, like, hey, you know, yeah, we're not all bad. But, you know, like, there's probably a segment of people that needed that character. But it gets killed off. It literally gets killed off by the Undertaker. So uh, maybe, or, or we could even limp in the idea of putting a Sergeant Slaughter Iraqi sympathizer. You know what? Well. I think I, I would make a strong argument for that because the 
the monetization of the Desert Storm War is crazy to me. When you look back on, like, they were making toys of that war. Like, real people were dying. And, like, I might have to say Sergeant Slaughter, Iraqi sympathizer. We got a lot of options. <laughs> so. I mean, there's there's a uh, Kato and Tanaka, which is was a tag team named the Orient Express. Just their name alone right now is super racist. Like, I mean, to an extent, you could argue virtual is <laughs> kind of that's been bad characters in some uh, ways. Choppy, choppy, your pee pee. I saw that one. Yeah, cool. Kai and Tai had uh, some bad stuff going on there. Um, the, the Mexicals, uh, what is this? The pinata pinata on a pole. Oh, the Mesa, uh, that's, I mean, this, you could even argue that like someone like like Rusev, considering uh, what the current relationship is with Russia, being being Nankovic for a while just oh. in the years leading up to it, doesn't look good in retrospect. So there is potential for Harlem Heat originally. Uh, there's Saba Simba. There's uh, Kamala and Kimchi. I think that's how you uh, write his name. Um, there's so what are the elements we're talking about? Uh, Sergeant Hassan. Slaughter, um, Hassan. I thought uh, that's it, really. Double check this list again. Um, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. There are the gang war type things that they did all that. That was pretty offensive. If we just say like the 1999 gang war, uh, in general, um, Kai and Tai. Specifically, choppy, choppy, pee pee. Like that's. <laughs> uh, Tiger Ali sings on this list. Chief J Strongbow is on this list. Uh, yeah, Iraqi sympathizer, Sergeant Slaughter. There's Rusev and Lana. There's Kai and Tai again. Papa Shango again. Uh, pretty mean sisters, PMS. PMS. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> one article is called the most sucktacular gimmicks. <laughs> uh, well, like there's like the Hirohito stuff, but Kenzo Suzuki doesn't actually become Hirohito. But that's crazy. That's crazy that a vignette made it to TV. Oh yeah, that. there was that. There was that character in the um, that just sort of there. Like I think he appeared in like AWI and a lot of other like smaller promotions. Then we got into WWE of Colonel De Beers. Oh, he, he got was... in WWE. He was on WrestleMania oh. too. Oh, okay, but he was his gimmick was he was um, a South African. Guy, yeah, pro apartheid white nationalist from South Africa. I have no idea who this character is. What is this? Yeah, uh, yeah. So that was his character. Is like he was a militant guy that would talk about and who would who would actually. Um, I remember one match in particular that I saw just a clip of on YouTube where he was get about to start a match, but the referee was black, and so he refused to oh. wrestle. Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> I, I, all right, Wait, I've never seen this ever. He gets my vote like, more than uh, Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> I, think it was one of, I think it was one of those video clips because uh, he was up on that one. So I would vote for him more than Sergeant Slaughter <laughs> if that's well, the case. Think, but, well, to be fair, like one of those thing, it's one of those things that, yeah, definitely it looks bad in retrospect, but he got a lot of heat, whereas I don't think actually Sergeant Slaughter's Iraqi sympathizer work was actually good for business. <laughs> So well, if, I would, you, I would, if you judge by stuff of the idea that they had to switch venues because of it, yeah, I would go Sardis Law over that just because I think it was it was picking out a real life again. It's not like our part side wasn't a bad tragedy, it wasn't a, like a tragic circumstance as well, but it was just it was trying to like uh, piggyback off of a war effort. This is insane. This is from 
the UWF Fury Hour from October 13th, 1990. I'm at. And the video is literally titled, Colonel De Beers is not a fan of the black people. Okay. So, I mean, fucking hell, Kurt Angle said in a promo that he's not a fan of the black people as well. That was. He did? That was. Yeah, yeah. that was a. That was a, a promo. New Year's uh, Revolution yeah, that was in the weird period of time where Kurt Angle also said they wanted to have bestiality sex with uh, Booker T's wife. 2005 was fucking, it was a, what a year, guys. Like, mm. <laughs> Same time that uh, Vincent Mad said the N word on TV as well. <laughs> Should we add Vincent uh, under this <laughs> offensive characters list? I think one of the, one, um, the mean, ECW thing and all. He's one of the worst people. His he existence get, he, He's is one of the people where the gimmick is better than the person. Yeah. <laughs> So I, out of this list, I would either go with this Colonel De Beers character that I'm just hearing about, because Jesus Christ, or I'd go with Kamala. Uh, you're going with Sergeant Slaughter out of all that, Callum? I mean, I'm, I'm cutting the Mexicals out entirely, because I'm not putting the Mexicals on that one, personally. I would go, I would go with Sergeant Slaughter and Salva Simba were the two ones that stuck out to me. What about maybe you, Maybe Heat as well, cause just because it's pure racism stuff, but it's pure like plantation stuff. This uh, this Colonel De Beers referee thing might be the most genuinely offensive thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I think we got two votes for Colonel De Beers. <laughs> uh, I, I, I genuinely don't think it's a bad gimmick for the time period. It was I 1990. Tony like, was already alive. Like, it's, it's, well, that's, that's when apartheid was happening. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> Lethal Weapon 2. <too. laughs> Why don't we do this? Because we can play our own rules here. Let's have Colonel De Beers slash Sergeant Slaughter as one of them. And then for the other one, we go with like a Kamala or a Saba Simba or one of those like savagey type things. I mean, we could go Kai and Tai. Um, But I would would vote Kamala over Hassan, for instance. I'd vote Saba Simba out of the ones just because he was like, he had been Tony Atlas already and they decided to bring him back as Saba Simba, so. Your call then, Rob. Saba Simba or Kamala? Well, I I would probably go Saba Simba, because he's right. He was Tony Atlas. It was established. Also, that was not Colonel De Beers. I was thinking of it WrestleMania 2. That was Corporal Kirchner. <laughs> it's like, it's really sad that we can be like, oh, it's not that character that's terrible. It's the other one that's terrible. So let's go with the Eugene Festus, Oklahoma, and blank. Who else do we throw in that uh, in that range of that type of offensive character? Um, I guess maybe I guess maybe uh, you go with like alcoholic hawk or something. Would yeah, be that one. That would, I would vote for that. We got like stuttering Matt Morgan. Nah, that's we just, got uh, again, just just a stupid like tried to put on a guy we got uh cross-dressing veto we got the suicidal stuff uh blanking on anybody else that would necessarily fit in that category because it's not like that's like you know farting natalia or um you know naked midian in that way i'd just go i'd just go hawk on that one just because it was playing off a real life scenario, and it's a uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to, like that sort of laundry to be aired on TV. 
So vote for Hawk. What about you, Rob? Yeah, I'd, I'd vote for Hawk. Did they ever really, I don't know for sure, but did they ever really fully go into for Jeff Hardy being like, that's your gimmick is like that? Or was it just all pure stories? No, it was just like punk would play. I mean, there was, there was like a that. car accident during the pandemic. Remember that? Oh, sure. Yeah. Eh, I think that's still more of a story. Let's go with Hawk on that one. Um, and we've got uh, another one that could be like a more generalized, like just whatever the, what the fuck type thing. Uh, like, this is where we could throw in Bastion Booger, Shockmaster, Beaver Cleavage. Uh, we could throw in Retribution, Naked Midian. I would say Beaver Cleavage, Bastion Booger. Shock- I would vote Shockmaster in there. Would you vote Shockmaster as well, Callum? Oh, yeah, it was one of the first ones I brought yeah. up. So, yeah. Okay. And I'd probably say. Farting Natalia, because I think Naked Minion fits more of the time than Farting Natalia did in her time. Uh, I mean, I, I just don't think that that one is particularly memorable to find. It. I mean, it's it's obviously really bad, and it's like. But I mean, I, I think, think we should. I think it's over. It's overstated by the rest of the stuff that Natalia did in her career, which for the most part has just been you know, just average. I think. Um, I I just I I don't get Red Rooster as a thing. Like, I just don't know why they did it and I, I, the explanation for it just still doesn't make sense to me but i mean i'd like to, those ones are all of a time in the past like you've got, you've got the shop masters like mid 90s the cleavage attitude era bastion booger the um the new generation era i'd kind of want to put something new in it and the newest bad gimmick properly bad gimmick i think of it's retribution i can live with that that's like the modern bad gimmick so we got a vote for retribution, a vote for what was yours, Rob? Um, I was gonna say farting natty, but I farting I natty because we we got enough that we could do the B tier for this one. <laughs> um, I uh, I'd put fake razor and diesel on the B tier. Mm-hmm. Um, Red Rooster can go there as well. Yeah, Red Rooster, I'd go B tier. Naked Midian, Retribution, and Farting Natalia. Two of those go in B tier. One of them goes in A tier. Um, I'd go Retribution and A tier. Well, technically, technically, we don't have any votes for Naked Midian, so I guess Naked Midian's B tier. So let's say they're between. Potentially, like we haven't even like like Kazani should definitely be one of these ones. I think. Kazani character. I wouldn't vote Kazani over these eight. I think it was bad, but I think that these ones were worse. Farting Natty and Retribution. If one's A tier and one's B tier. I kind of feel like I'd put Farting Natty on there. But Retribution screwed up multiple people. So yeah, I think I'd go B tier for Farting Natty and A tier for Retribution then. But then again, I wouldn't go with Retribution as like the main Mount Rushmore. So if we've got these different, we got one, two, three, four, five, six different uh, subdivisions right now. We got to settle what's the Mount Rushmore. What are the what are the four out of all of these that we would really be like? Okay, that is. I mean, we could technically do A T or B tier or whatever for some of these, but uh, there's more than four categories. 
but there are kind of four big categories job creature slash animal offensive and then just what the fuck general uh stuff if we did the whole like we pick one of each i'd probably go tl hopper for the job i'd probably go gobbledygooker for the creature slash animal thing maybe kerwin white for the offensive thing and then Shockmaster for the what the fuck but we don't have to do that we could always you know we could pick four of any kind of thing i think personally if we're going like if i'm i'd probably join and the man rushmore to be like the ones that i think are like the four worst yeah and so in that sense i would go with mantor uh, probably. I mean, I'm I'm always a stickler for one that is a bit like just the outright offensive ones. So I'd probably go with yeah. So I'd go Mantor, Cohen White, Akeem, and probably uh, Shockmaster. Be my ones. Mantar, Cohen White, Shockmaster, and Akeem. And if I, I, I mean, you got two votes for Kerwin White and for Shockmaster there. Um, you got Mantar kind of in the same range as uh, as Gooker. You got Akeem. You got a TL Hopper. Um, hmm. I know that Rob stepped away for a minute, so I don't know if he's back yet. Are you back yet, Rob? I don't think so. So if we were to go, because we'll take care of this while rob uh stepped aside if you were going to go with a b tier what would your four be Cal? um so probably repi man uh the yeti <laughs> the yeti um i'd probably then go with eugene Yeah, there. a different type of offensive and then uh, uh, Bastion Booger Bastion Booger I'd probably go Beaver Cleavage in my B tier I'd probably go Oklahoma even more than Eugene because at least it seems like they you know I mean they did they got more out of Eugene than Oklahoma got in there I'd probably throw Mantar in my B tier, and then my fourth B tier would maybe be Friar Ferguson, but maybe Bastion Booger. I don't know about that one. That's that's a little tough. Uh, are these like the, the when we're making our lists here? Are they are these like the all time top top Mount Rushmores? Yeah, we're trying to figure out the the pure Mount Rushmore at this okay. point. Yeah, so I had mentioned Isaac like. Yankum. I mentioned if I did like the, the four separate categories, I would go Hopper as my job one. I'd go Gooker as the creature slash animal thing, etc. But um, in general, what would you go with, Rob? Yankum's my job one. I would say Kerwin White, absolutely. All right, definitely we have Kerwin White on this list then. Shockmaster because it's so iconic, and. The more I think about it, even though I, I did make the case for it probably working today, if done in the right context, 
Eugene, looking back on it, just isn't a good look. And that was a major character. That would be the the four that come to mind for me. What would your B tier be? Just to round out, that's we had like the full list to to go with here. I, Oklahoma. Yeti, absolutely. Yeti. Red Rooster, probably, because it it does. It is such a thing. And you were cleavage, because that's gross. <laughs> All right. So then if we go mathematically on here, obviously, Kerwin White, Chalkmaster, they are definitely in that top range. We've got two votes for Eugene. Uh, so let's see. Eugene has two. We've got two votes for Yeti. We've got two votes for Oklahoma. We've got two for Beaver Cleavage. We got a Fryer Ferguson. We got a Repo Man. We got we have two votes for Mantar in there. And Man, am I gonna lose am I gonna lose Yankum? You might lose you might uh, lose Yankum. That was the one I was gonna probably fight for so we and i might lose gooker i'd fight more for gooker than tl hopper probably um hmm. we need two for that and then we can go with a b tier and then we can kind of wrap this up and be done with it i think yankum absolutely what about you cal um i mean the one that i immediately go with is mantle All right, so if I asked you, Tony, Mantar over Yankum, what are you going with? God, it's so bad. Uh, <laughs> oh, you, you, you only put Mantor on your beats here and you didn't put Yankum anywhere, so I should true. Mantor. So I guess Mantar becomes our representative kind of, of that like creaturey type thing, even more so than Gooker. But Gooker might be like a, an option for um, like a beat here if we could argue that. I'd vote Gooker over Yeti. Uh, there's two votes for Yeti, only one for me from Gooker. Uh, Yeti is dumb. The Yeti pops up once, and the Gooker's popped up multiple times as like a joke since then. Hmm. We never even talked about the hand either. The whole idea that uh, uh, Mae Young gave birth to a hand and then the hand came back. Um there's two votes for Eugene. There's the two votes for Oklahoma. I don't think we should put, well, I mean, we already have Mantar on there, so we're only fitting the one spot. Uh, realistically, if we're going math, we're going either Eugene, Yeti, Oklahoma, or Beaver Cleavage for that fourth one. And out of that, I would probably I think Eugene lean. Eugene is probably the worst because it was the most prominent and featured and just super offensive in hindsight. Again, I'll make the case for a neurodiver a neurodivergent thing could work, but this gimmick will be looked upon as like the absolute doldrums of what you could have done. That's like the third time I used that word. Of what <laughs> you could have done with a, a gimmick like that, and it was very offensive. And yeah, I, I might have to say Eugene. If I can only get one of these, it's Eugene. Got to vote for Eugene. I'd probably go more Beaver Cleavage. So it's up to you, Callum. Eugene or Beaver Cleavage? 
Who's that for? UJ now. I have 100% UJ now of those ones. You right, heard so it here first, folks. Callum has a stepmom. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd argue then Beaver Cleavage has a B tier. Mm-hmm. Uh, then maybe we get into Yeti, Oklahoma, and like a Yankum. I think Yankum should be on one of these. Yankum's terrible. <laughs> I could, I could do that. And then we can kind of get a, a C tier going on here. We got Red Rooster, we got Repo Man, Bastion Booger, Friar Ferguson, Gobbledygooker, TL Hopper. Rooster, Booger, Gooker. <laughs> Rooster, <Repo>. Booger, Gooker. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and then and, and Hooper instead of Hopper, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd probably go Repo because I think, um, like Friar Ferguson, we cover him by talking about Bastard Booger, kind of. And Yo Hopper wasn't around long enough. Between Hopper, Ferguson, and Repo, I'd go either Hopper or Ferguson more than Repo. But you'd go Repo. So what do you think, Callum? I'd go Repo as well. Two votes for repo then, and then that's our uh, our C tier for that. I'm gonna I'm gonna just real throw this out there. Patreon.com slash smartout moment. Uh <laughs> we put way too much effort into these things. We thank Frankie for sponsoring this episode. <laughs> my god. Two and a half hour discussion of <laughs> this. Wanted imagine to make sure you got your money's worth. You guys. Imagine <laughs> what we could give you. All the more reason that you should take part of the Pick Your Poison tier, because look at that. I mean, uh, we normally do an hour-long podcast or something. you got two and a half hours, two hours and 37 minutes at this point. Um, yeah, that's our A tier, B tier, C tier. If you want to know, just like you want to get a good look of this full breakdown of the Mount Rushmore Go to the wiki page because I'm going to be updating that right after we get done this. So the full list will be on there the way that it is for everything else. And you will see like the, you know, the uh, the offensive one on this side and the, you know, A tier, B tier for all that. And with all the other past episodes, so you should go back and check them out, too. Our main, main Mount Rushmore then out of this, the worst wrestling gimmicks of all time. Kerwin White, the Shockmaster. Mantar and Eugene. <laughs> Definitely four things that if I were going to show somebody this is my job as I write about this stuff, I would be horribly embarrassed. Just be like, no, I don't condone everything I watch, you know? And that's kind of where we get with the worst wrestling gimmicks. So if we forgot about something, leave your thoughts in the comments below. Tell us about it. We might retroactively be like, you know what? Crap, we completely forgot about that. And then change our minds about something. And if we do, the wiki will reflect that. But obviously, if you are enjoying this, make sure you hit the like button and click the share button as well on YouTube. And stay tuned to the other things that are happening on Smartout Moment because we've got the hot tags coming up next on Friday. Probably get that like Friday night towards around that time when uh, that'll be uploaded and all before SmackDown starts. Obviously, if you check out fanboysanonymous.com, then you can check out the other things that are happening there outside of pro wrestling for anybody that's interested in stuff like the Blueprint Project 
where of course that's mostly superhero based, but there's also star Wars and there are things about James Bond and working on way, way, way too many things here. And I will be editing chapter four of the Batman, a nighttime story that'll be up sometime in the next week or two or something. It took forever to record. So I don't know how long it's going to be. And I got to make more AI images and stuff, but Share your support in everything under a mango tree by going to amangotree.com at anthonymango.com. And if you water one of those branches, then all those roots will continue on and grow much better than schism is. So follow me on Facebook and Twitter at Tony Mango. Make sure that you are not only just following what I've got going on, but make sure you follow what Rob and Callum are up to as well. Yeah, follow me everywhere at Dude Felice. You should also be following Fightful.com. And Fightful Select as we get into a great summer with AEW Collision and All In, All Out, Money in the Bank. Roman Reigns is going to be on that. We're going to have a lot of news on Fightful Select. Make sure you support Sean and the team as well. Buy my stuff on WrestleZone.com. I will also be doing one daily post per day on ComingSoon.net. You can check that out as well. And follow me everywhere at Dude Felice. I really want to grow my personal following so that I can do more fun, random stuff like this. And now I toss you over to Callum. So you can follow me on Twitter at Wigmeister14. Uh, check out the uh, smartcomo.com for my weekly contribution, the power rankings going out every single Saturday where I rank the WWE superstars as I see fit. And you can also go head to Smartcat Moment to follow the Fantasy League and see what points we're making up in these early stages as we build towards the first real change point, which will be Night of Champions. And when we could potentially see teams both, well, we'll definitely see teams expand, but we could see uh, some further changes and updates to the teams at that point as well. So, so yeah, keep uh, tracking that along at uh, Smartcat Moment or WWEFantasyLeague.com. Okie dokie, everybody. Then that's going to do us in for this Mount Rushmore. Thank you again to Frankie for sponsoring this episode through the Pick Poison on Patreon, or more specifically, he's on the YouTube channel membership side, which I always recommend more than the Patreon, because then when we do mock drafts and things where we actually have the spreadsheet, then you can actually see the video for that. Same thing with the uh, the time code when it comes to the fan ounce tables and stuff, but Pick Your Poison with that too. You know, If you like the Patreon better, then go for that one. And anyway, thank you for supporting us. Thank you for listening to this episode, and we will see you next time. But this has been another Smart Out moment, and we are being counted out.